Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Forever. Starting 1998, we picked up a distress signal from our listeners who demand a two-hour exploration of sloping foam parties, mercurial timeshare owners, the Holy Rings of Beta Zet, and alcoholic beverages approved by Luoxana Troy. Set course for a frontier called the Las Vegas Hilton. It's the Star Trek Experience on Podcast The Ride. Welcome to Podcast the Ride, the theme park podcast hosted by three men who boldly go on and on and on to anyone who will listen about one uh, pre-show videos and robots. <laughs> My name is Mike Carlson. I fumbled the joke too. <laughs> you you warned us. You know, I, I warned you that the joke was lame. I wrote it about five minutes ago. I also had my cursor in the middle of it as I was reading it, and then I fumbled over whatever. Well, that look. Word. If something appeared in, if you were reading a teleprompter and then a bug flew into it, could you really be expected to take no. responsibility? No, I'm I have sorry. sympathy for you, and I enjoyed it. Thank you. I'm Scott uh, Gardner. Scott Gardner. Uh, Jason Sheridan's also Hi, here. Yes, I was trying to think on the drive over of a boldly go joke and just didn't didn't have it and i was like no that that that'll be too and I'll then you gave up and you started thinking about do that else. one uh yeah <laughs> well i figured you would have it because i think it's easy to fair to say that you are probably the biggest star trek fan out of the three of us i think i could easily say that i think you could fill in almost anything and that would be the case almost <laughs> any i'm a bigger fan property, of everything except for in the case of this episode politics of who owned what vegas hotel at what time yeah in no, which you case, are I'm the king the of that one. yeah 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 um, uh, so it's a perfect episode there's a lot for all of us to talk about yes yeah. there is uh um, and I guess for then what would Jason's be? I guess, um, you know, fried tribbles. Um, uh, yeah, fri- fried good tribbles to talk from like, about. Um, uh, yeah, the very stiff promotional mm-hmm. uh, footages. Well, my thing, which uh, I it's it's the Vegas episode. Oh, yes. You kind of. It, it is the first thing we're addressing. Yeah, yeah so, we so, haven't really talked Vegas too yeah. much. Oh, and just to say in general, we're talking about Star Trek the experience mm-hmm. which ran from what 97 98 to 2007 98 to 2008 i believe yeah. in that range late 90s to late uh, 2000s and this was an immersive star trek experience that was open at the las vegas hilton what then was the las vegas hilton it included a ride it included 40 experiences restaurants the only like really big immersive like miniature star wars i'm sorry star yeah. trek theme park uh that has existed thus far yeah, the that rumors are uh, uh, flying around about that other stuff. Yeah, and to clarify, it is not Star Trek: The Adventure or the Star Trek Adventure. 
Who knows? There was another thing at Universal Studios where you, they inserted guests into a Star Trek movie or show. But we will be talking about that, about that. on the Patreon. The Patreon. Yeah. It is a Star yeah. Trek uh, block. But today, right now, what you're listening to is about Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, we're doing this, of course, to celebrate the Star Wars land opening <laughs> soon. Because uh, honestly, as you're looking through this, this really is similar to some things that we've read about Star Wars. Well, land. as you as we've heard for a long time that we will be going to a very immersive uh, multi-part experience, mm-hmm. part of which recreates a very famous ship and all of the interiors and hallways and corridors yes. and rides where there's like the ride part of the ride, but buildups and weird elevators that take you there. Turbo lifts. And turbo lifts, sure. <laughs> uh, and a place where there are actors who are very steeped in the mythology and yeah. the various languages. Yeah. A lot of actors. Mm-hmm. Tons. Mm-hmm. Tons of actors. Uh, who are really committed and really love really it. Really committed. And, and a space-themed bar that oh. offers colorful drinks that are in, like, t- tubes and steam up and shit. Uh, you know, we've been hearing about this coming to Disneyland for a long time, and something very similar to it existed uh, yeah. in the magical land yeah. of Las Vegas but a decade ago. And both uh, bars, presumably, uh, in terms of the cantina at Star Wars, uh, very much products of their times in that, like, uh, we live in a time of craft cocktail, uh, exhausting craft cocktail nonsense. Mm -hmm. And uh, Quark's was more of a time of like really dense looking pizza and buffalo chicken fingers. Yes. That was the height of uh, themed entertainment. And melon liqueur and alizé and uh, (laughs) something called razzmatazz (laughs) in the drink warp core breach. I'm really excited to talk more. But one thing at a time. time, We haven't really talked Vegas Vegas much at all, uh, which is very exciting. I hope everyone thinks that Vegas is in bounds for us to talk about on this podcast because you know, if it's less theme parks and more themed experiences, Lord knows mm-hmm. the 90s were an explosion of themed experiences in Las Vegas. And that's what ultimately led to this this Star Trek thing. But we haven't talked about all of the, yeah. all the bullshit that used to be at the Excalibur and the Luxor and all that. There's too much. And when this episode comes out, I will be in Las Vegas. Hey, yeah. so okay. tweet at me and tell me to do something weird. I mean, that's, that's spe- true. Like, tell I... me if there's an experience or something. Don't like I'm not going to like eat uh, shit out of a toilet or something. And you're not going to do that thing where you like ride a tractor or like move like mechanical arms around. There's some attraction that's like, you know, drive construction equipment around a field. Oh, I might do that if it was close to the hotel, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it depends. I'd have to look into it. Um, I need to see a Yelp review. Something that'll come up later in this episode. Uh, you do have the opportunity uh, to see something in Las Vegas called Bongzilla. But I'll elaborate later oh, as to wow. what, what Bongzilla is all about. Okay. Um, I so, know that we've like, I think people have even tweeted us or I've seen discussion on Facebook. What's like theme park stuff in Vegas? And there's not as much as they, there used to be. Yeah. Like you were just looking for what the hell do you do when you're there? Um, I've recommended strongly the uh, movie that plays in the M&M <laughs> store, uh, which I hope you check out. And is I hope free? we can do it. Yeah. Oh, you know it. All right, good. And um, I recommended something that is sadly actually gone. Uh, the... Uh, circus circus where you could get a drink served in a uh, toilet mug uh vince neal vince neal's that was the answer auto. we were trying to figure out which uh scum rock <laughs> scumbag rock guy uh, you would guess david lee rock i was thinking it was david lee rock who what i didn't think was... is a restaurateur no. although it's waiting for him yeah whenever he wants to do it and, but uh, vince neal is a, has a thing i but it's I, gone 
I think it's gone. Well, the restaurant might still be oh, there. I gotta get to Vince Neal's restaurant. Tatuado in uh, Circus Circus. Because um, there's that stretch with Margaritaville, Cabo Wabo Cantina, and Toby Keith's I Love, I this, love bar this Bar Grill. Oh, that's right. And then there's, is that also where that Guy Fieri restaurant that where we ate? Oh, that well, that was by the link. That, that was sort there? of by. Oh yeah, you're right. That I was think farther it's still down there. Yeah, where we very sadly ate like. Well, we had guys chicken we, lollipops. We competed in guys cheesecake challenge. Oh, we did get the cheesecake. <laughs> Who won? This uh, it was, uh, Jason wins when cheesecake is involved. I I don't think anyone ate it. That didn't even seem like it had defrosted all the way. When we, we ate it though. It. Yeah, it we just, ate it. There was no victor that day. It, it was it was a sad. We were like on the way out of a weekend in Vegas and. Um, uh, yes. did, nothing was particularly good that we ordered. Like nachos topped with a lot of cojita cheese, which doesn't really <laughs> melt. Like it's such an odd choice. Ugh. You usually like sprinkle a little on top, but this was just so much. We were but I'm sure the meal was set at reasonable prices. <laughs> I don't, I, I don't recall, but probably I don't recall, not. It, probably not, but I don't think it was that. Uh, I would assume it was overpriced. Uh, yeah. It was at the end of, real quick, I'll tell the story. Yeah, uh, so this is my, Mike's, Mike, like Star Trek's got like Vegas, uh, uh, you know, who owns stuff in Vegas. And I guess <laughs> I like uh, uh, experiencing one crazy night sort of uh, stories. Uh, yes, that's true. But this <clears throat> the story I'm going to tell is not a crazy night at all. Well, it was a crazy <laughs> night for me. <laughs> it is a mild, very Even mild though night. The stakes <laughs> could not be lower. <laughs> so, all right, keep oh, crazy uh, night in your head as you listen to yes, this. Yes, Jason. Could, yeah. So, to Jason, what I'm about to describe is a crazy night. So, we were there for a bachelor party. We went to I forget the name of it, but it's like a German beer hall. I know what it is. It's oh, called Hofbrau House. Hofbrau House. Okay, and there's a woman in like Lederhosen who comes around and will paddle you for a dollar. <laughs> if you want to do a shot yeah, out of if you a, want to do a shot which uh, is like you know i'm not that doesn't a lot of people signing up for it like a lot of people getting paddled during the meal not you mike uh, not believe it or not me not me uh and so we were it was a big it was a big group of us for this bachelor party and prior to this uh there was a weed cookie that was eaten by some people, uh, mm-hmm. Jason included. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike and included? I had a little you had bit a of little it. Bit. I think you had a lot more than me. I thought I took a little piece and I was wrong. Hmm. Yeah, no, because I, I remember being like, oh, that's a little. And I don't even think anything that was felt i didn't feel anything really that's what i would little. i would take the tiniest little sliver but when jason's yeah. got a cookie in front of him no matter what the <laughs> ingredients are <laughs> if it was pcp tunnel vision <laughs> uh so we're eating so we're at the beer hall we're having a fine time and then uh, a friend of ours came over and there was a man I, this part is a little bit hazy so tell me if you you remember this better than i do there was like a band playing or lip syncing or lip syncing we, we were never sure. quite sure they were it, in the back of the beer hall yeah so they were at the back of the beer hall one of them was had some sort of animatronic hat looked like the sorting hat from harry potter because the hat was moving too i don't remember the moving hat the i don't hat know if that's was, true i think it was just the a hat bit was moving a little i think it was a big hat <laughs> Whoa. The hat was it was a big hat. In my hat. mind, the hat is I, moving. This is interesting because now I have never we've never talked about the moving hat. I but we regardless, we there is a full band and we don't know if well, 
they were playing or lip syncing possibly like it's a bit p- playing because... to a track or something but we couldn't tell because we were in the we were in the front of the restaurant and that was in the way back because this was a restaurant that had a real vibe it had a real atmosphere a real joie de vie because you had to do like toasts and you had to bang your beer steins and okay. stuff. it's a lot of yeah. process so it, it, it started fun yeah. So my and then reco- it got weird. My recollection is that then you started laughing a little bit too much at everything. Started laughing and then a little a, bit. A friend of ours came over and he made this is where my memory is fuzzy. He made the comment that the hat on this man looked like Pharrell's big hat. Pharrell at the time had been wearing that large, like he had just uh, worn the big hat was Mounty, sweet, like Dudley Do Right kind of style hat. And you lost it. Like, I've never seen you laugh so much. And you kept, like, kind of going, Pharrell's big hat. And you were laughing like I've never seen you. See, like, in uncontrollably. my mind, I was the one who could who said Pharrell's big it's hat very, first. That's very possible. And that's why I could barely get it out. <laughs> it's very because possible. Because it was also just a little past the topical uh, right. uh, deadline for that joke. That brief window that where brief it's funny window. because it's not, it just became not topical. Yeah, yeah. Right, sure. right. So, uh, you were laughing and everybody... Everybody started catching wind that you were laughing and everybody kind of came over and like we're joking around with you and you were having a great time and you had this giant sandwich. You had yes. a long, like a foot long sandwich It was sandwich like a foot long sausage because it, this everything was platters. It was like, oh, you got, you picked your, your meats and then you got like two or three sides and I... I wasn't that hungry. I was like, oh, I'll just get the one sandwich on the thing. How big can it be? Because it cost, it was also cheaper than the other platters. Hmm. And then it was bigger than everyone's uh, regular Sounds like it was bigger than Pharrell's big hat. It was. It was appropriate. (laughs) And there Uh, were like big burly men at this table with us, like eating. You had the biggest plate of food by far of anyone, I think, or just at least yeah. the look of it. And you held this thing up. It and looked like Homer's, second... Homer's sandwich and the episode where he keeps finding it and he gets yes. sick because he's eating it. And the second, uh, but the second smallest uh, uh, beer, not the smallest beer, because they were mean to anyone who ordered a pint. They were mean to Mike. I had the smallest beer. Yeah. I accidentally ordered a smaller beer which than the average beer, which was a regular sized beer Mike ordered a regular pint and and man I got roasted they razzed you wow I got roasted for that like I forget it was probably something like sex like called me a woman or something like they probably (laughs) said something like that I think it was um, it's the woman but this is you know it's it's a historical uh, place you know so they have to (laughs) we've been doing this since 2004 they have to insult you in the way they would have uh, (laughs) 10 years ago yeah (laughs) Uh, so, so this is about when the to- the the dam breaks for me. So you because everyone is saying that is the biggest sausage I've ever seen. like. Everyone is talking about how big the sausage is, and then <laughs> the I'm like, everyone's talking how big the sausage is. Like it's repeating. Like I feel like I'm in like the 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 merit. Like is it safe? Is it safe? Like I that's what to me. Some people's probably said it like three times, but to me it's just echoing. That everyone is talking about how big the sausage yeah, is. I and then maybe... I'm still like, is the band playing or not? Like, I feel like I'm in a Thomas Pynchon, like, novel where everything's a conspiracy. Everything's a trick. Like, and the, <laughs> because so so from my vantage point, I think we like joked about the sandwich a little bit. And then we started eating and talking about something else. And then all of a sudden, 
I see you and you go f- from, you know, zero to 60 laughing 60 to zero. Hmm. I see you. This is fade again. Vegas. We're on the edge of the desert by Barstow when the drugs kicked in. Like this is. <laughs> but this but at this point, the drugs kicked off in a way. Or I guess, you know, I guess no, you really they took the paranoia. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the, the paranoia the is what's are starting right, to right. show up. The you're laughing right. has stopped and the bats are starting to show up. So now I, I look at you and terms. now I'm legit like concerned. You are drooped over mm. a little bit. Like you, you're not sitting up straight and you're holding the sandwich still. And it's like you're trying to eat this giant sandwich, <laughs> but you're falling asleep or something. And then I'm like, hey, are you okay? And you were just like, like you were a little hazy and you're trying to eat it. And then like, you're just like, you were in slow motion for a few minutes. And I'm like, "Uh oh, and this happens so fast. I've never seen a transformation like this. And what's running through my mind is I have to get the fuck out of here. So get to a bed. So this actually sort of happened. I'm trying to think of the timetable, how long you were actually like that. Because then at a certain point, it was clear that some of the group was already done and leaving. Maybe everybody didn't have dinner. And I think I didn't even have very much. So I was like, we are we're leaving soon. Let's go. And you were like, I have to go. And I said, well, we're all see everyone's like packing up and we're going to leave in a couple of minutes. Just wait for us because you mm-hmm. don't you go, I have to go now because what I can't <laughs> keep I keep my eye keeps going to is the uh, woman with the test tube shots and the paddle <laughs> is inching closer to us. Uh. And I am like, I get she's coming for me like again so I, who knows I, what I think that i am in a kafka-esque nightmare where it's like someone's gonna buy that and make me do that like and i i am just like i gotta get out of here yeah sure so and I, what that paddle could have been in your in your mind that could, yes. it would have seemed like 700 feet tall and like it like knocked you back to california mm-hmm. i just thought it was like it would hurt a lot because my I could tell like my sentence senses are heightened. Mm-hmm. Like this is like mm-hmm. daredevil, but a pain in the ass. <laughs> so you th- threw twenty dollars on the table and walked out. Yes. <laughs> and then for, I'll tell my side of then what the rest of the night was, and then uh-huh. you will tell what you did. Okay. Um, so well, at that why point, don't I tell my journey okay, sh- and you tell tell what reality right, actually it's just cut to the end of the so, story. He got Jason got married to the big sausage sandwich. I got married to the <laughs> to my still leftovers. Technically married to this day. And the woman uh, with the paddle broke in and paddled them both. <laughs> uh, I went out to the hostess station and uh, did the thing where when you're a little out of it, you try to be extra. With adult it. with it and i went excuse me uh where can i get a taxi around here uh and she said uh just go across the street to the hard rock hotel they have a taxi stand and i went thank you and i went outside and across the street was like six or eight lanes of a major thoroughfare thankfully yeah. with crosswalks so i was like okay here we go uh uh got across the street to the hard rock uh, went up to the cab stand and went, I hired like a cab. And, and then I gave him, uh, I probably gave him to like 
because they just whistle or they just go over there, sir. Like they had a line of cabs. I didn't need to mm-hmm. talk to anyone. Sure. Uh, but I handed that man a $10 bill and then I got in the cab and the cab took me back to the Venetian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, I went back to the room and uh, got in bed, <laughs> got under the covers. This is and mm-hmm. that, that, uh, called the person I was dating at the time to go like, "Hey, uh, just just wanted to say hi." Uh, and calm, like calm you down, like yeah, uh, just talking down specifically. Sure. And I remember her going, "Where where are you?" And mm-hmm. I went, "I'm under the covers." <laughs> Like you were so the hot. You said cubs, not covers. Yeah, I, Scott yeah. jumped out of his chair when you said cubs. Cubs. I was under the cubs. This so, is also eh, somebody under the cubs. So <laughs> this is like nine p.m. Also, yeah, so then, this is so not this late. is reality. So I get under the cubs and I turn on the TV and I go to sleep for what I think is hours, okay. and. Uh, wake up and my friends are standing at the foot of the bed and I was just like hey guys uh, what's up <laughs> what's going on everyone c- good so Mike what was the reality well I, I think it, we came back to sort of ch- to check on you uh-huh. and I think it was like 10.30 and you thought it was like you had been asleep for 8 hours I thought it was 5 in the morning and the king of queens was on the TV <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes. And you were, yeah, so you were in bed. And I believe then we, we went out a little bit more. We did not have a very late night, though. We came back at probably 1 a.m. and went to bed. So then, this is my favorite part of the story. We wake up at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. And everyone's deciding what to do. I'm going to go to the pool. I'm going to go with some other people. And then another one of our friends is going to gamble. And I go, Jason, let's go to the pool. And you go, oh, I can't. I got to. And I go, Come on, let's go. We're in Las Vegas. Let's go. It's a bachelor. Oh, I go. You go. What time is it? And I go. It's ten a.m. What did you? Th-? And you're like, I thought it. It feels like seven. <laughs> and I go. Well, you've been sleeping for like twelve hours. Jeez. <laughs> you've been sleeping for like at least twelve yeah. hours, maybe more. And it you go. Just- you go, go on without me. <laughs> Hit me like a ton of bricks. I eventually got up around so, like noon, uh, right? Noonish, eleven thirty, noonish. Bringing the um, total to like fourteen, fourteen hours sleep or so. And uh, then I did you not have a nap in the afternoon too? I did go back a few hours later and nap. So then what I did, I got up and found that uh, despite Vegas never closing, uh, they stopped serving breakfast at 10 a.m. Uh, everywhere because all I wanted was a bacon, egg, and cheese. And I was like walking through the mall that's in the Venetian Palazzo. Uh, eventually, I landed at the Grimaldi's Pizza and uh, <laughs> ate a small pepperoni pizza all by myself. So, and then you and went. And then I to, went back to the room. And then you shopped in the Michael Jack, living oh, with yes, Michael Jackson store. I went to the Michael Jackson store. And you got the store. free champagne flute. Yes. Not the, the one that's themed after him or the one where he walked around and said, I own this, I own that. The one that he one. walked around oh, okay. with Martin Bashir. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went in because I went, sir, do you want a mimosa? On the house. And I was like, yes, I do. And then everywhere in that store, they have TVs playing the Bashir. Bashir. <laughs> just that just clip. Them, just the clip of them this, walking uh, around. Uh, I have this tomb. Mm-hmm. I yeah. have all the tombs. <laughs> See, you didn't buy a tomb? No. I didn't buy a tomb. <laughs> you wanted to crawl in one for a nap, yeah. though. <laughs> so you had a, the champagne, and then you went back and napped. So the whole time we're... It's like we're only there for two days. We're like texting you like, what What are you doing? We're all hanging out. It's a bachelor party. Yeah. And you you had gotten like 14 to 16 hours of sleep. Okay, thereabouts. Sure. In Las Vegas. 
And hey, you, everybody makes Vegas their own. Everybody makes I think Vegas you look like own. a king. He did. Uh, yeah, I look. I walked around a big indoor mall. I like the gondola. I looked at the gondolas for a while. What is impressive? About, I will say this about you. You, um, it, when I've ever been on a trip with you, it it does swing either way. There's been times when you are the one who's out till six till the sun comes up. Sure, till the sun comes up and we're all sleeping and we're like, wow, Jason's wild. And then there's the Vegas story where you sleep sixteen hours and barely see us. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm a man of extremes. I'm a Libra, just constantly trying to balance those scales, baby. <laughs> well, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. <laughs> and they really dip when you put a gigantic sausage on one end of them. Yeah. So, yeah, is that your only Vegas t- trip? Uh, no, I actually spent uh, one of my first jobs. I was an intern for the HBO Comedy Festival, and then they upgraded us to production assistants. Uh, for their, they only ran two or three of them. It was just called the Comedy Festival, and they would do it at Caesars. Mm-hmm. And so I stayed at, I lived, I lived at Vegas for like nine or ten days at oh. Caesars. Had a badge, like we ate in the employee cafeteria, wow, and stuff. And so yeah, so that was very fun. So, but I mean, mm. that was work. But we did right. have a lot of time off. So sure. Mm. Well, that sounds much more pleasant. Yeah. I've been to Vegas dozens and dozens of times. How many do you yeah. think? I, I really can't count. Every time I'm there, I realize I can't count because it's a it's a go to trip with Aaron and I and and her family. Uh, and I've and I've done it for work, wherein I I went to uh, Wayne Newton's house. <laughs> I've <laughs> I've been to Wayne to Shenandoah, <laughs> Wayne Newton's estate, where we filmed one shot of a weird like video game ad, and uh, we got to uh, his his young children came out and were like, "Do you?" want to see his penguins and they were holding penguins as if they were oh babies God. it was the strangest scenario did you ever. hold a penguin i don't think i held the penguin but i like watched a penguin in my head hmm someone tell me if this is impossible that a penguin could be fed with a bottle and no. i say it out loud that doesn't seem right no but no you, i think i could see that i could see that well they, that may stick their beaks up and, and a very young one yeah well yeah. i may have watched the feeding of a penguin at wayne newton's house <laughs> and took photo in like his empty foyer if you watch vegas vacation like there's scenes shot in there and that's a room i was in and that until he showed up i just had to myself like wow. aaron was there too and a couple other crew people and uh, mm, that's wild yeah that's some vegas stuff but i've been like i've been so so many times and i don't even like all the stuff i don't gamble mm-hmm. i don't like drink insanely i don't go to the the firing range <laughs> i just like like being there and i like dumb shows of chris angel david copperfield stuff i've seen lately but i didn't I didn't really like Vegas growing up. Uh, I think my parents tried to do. I we I, I did MGM Grand, the theme park, mm-hmm. uh, um, but it was never our favorite. It wasn't my parents' favorite until I started going with Aaron. I didn't really uh, I didn't really dig it. But the first time we ever went together, and the first trip we ever took together as a couple, in fact. Uh, was in 2006 to the Las Vegas Hilton, during which time the Star Trek experience was open. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did not go to the Star Trek experience. Oh. And it's funny, like, we just remembered that and we're like, how could that be? Like, today we'd b- be all over that. And now it seems like it, that doesn't even sound like us to not yeah. go to the in the hotel Star Trek experience. That well, it's right there, uh, that it's the hotel you stayed at. And yes. Did anyone find pricing for it? Like, I, I didn't really come uh, across it's, that. It's $40? In my head, it was a lot, but yeah, it's something like 30, 40 bucks. Okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, everything in Vegas is, is, to a certain extent, priced 
mm-hmm. to move because they're competing rooms and shows mm-hmm. and stuff are compete. I mean, <laughs> Lady Gaga's uh, residency, I had looked up recently, those tickets are $700. Jesus. But the Magic mm-hmm. Show, like Copperfield has like 60 bucks. Yeah, you can you get, get some cheap And you get, if you find some weird like little ticket zone, you can get stuff for cheap. Mm-hmm. We did not go, I think it was like the furthest out of my theme park orbit I ever was. Wow. Like, and probably a new cool girl I'm dating. I'm not going to just like, so, and throw all that shit at her. Do you know who Quark is? <laughs> and I still don't know who Quark is. So that's also part of it. I think I wasn't like, my theme park gene was like at its most dormant and I've, I'm not really a Star Trek guy. We did, however... Like our our hotel or our elevator up to the room, like the the first time we went up there, a just married Star Trek clad couple got in the elevator with oh, us. Oh wow! Both in uniforms. One of them might have been a a Klingon. Maybe one of them was feeding a penguin with a bottle. That's what's in <laughs> that's it. That's what's in all my mm-hmm. memories. Um, but it, yeah, it looms very large in the first uh, trip we ever we ever took together. Um, and we go back. We've we went back there a few years ago just to like reminisce about that. And what's so odd is that even though there is like no, this thing is gone and has been gone since 2008, 2009, still Star Trek, there's little clues everywhere. There's a wing of the casino that is still themed to a spaceport and Mm. on the outside of the building. And I think probably still to this day, I checked Google Maps and it was true. The giant Star Trek emblem. Nobody bothered to take it down. Uh Why not? That seems like if you're going to disavow this attraction, take off the like giant famous shape that's on the outside of your building. I mean, what happened after, I think, might have some answers to that because the people who would go on to own this property. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, What is this? David. What is his last name? Um, Wait, who are you thinking? I'm thinking the Queen of Versailles guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, yes. Well, now it is a, a Westgate hotel. Yeah, now it's a Westgate and it's um, owned David. What's his name? It starts with a B. Uh, yeah, if you've seen the the documentary Queen of Versailles, which we probably owe more discussion about, but it's like that. It's a, it's a timeshare uh-huh. building now. David Siegel. David Siegel, David yes. Siegel, uh, the worst man in America. <laughs> yes. is the, he yeah. explains everything. He ties together he, Bush and Trump and Bush the financial and collapse. And, yeah. uh, Told his employees he would have to start laying people off if Obama gets elected. Oh, my Like, God. was trying to affect how his employees were voting in 2008. Oh, um, God. Had, oh, and wasn't he a guy, isn't it in the documentary that, like, he knew, he's like, we'll get this in the bag for you, Bush. He, like, knew somehow it was going to go that way. He, oh, in 2000? Yeah. yeah like maybe he was part of rigging it in florida in the county where it mattered probably uh, he has more money than god he has the biggest house built on like american soil or at least mm-hmm. it was for a short time but also incredibly cheap yeah like he's stingy yeah and a mean man and who's mean. bad to his Unpleasant. children he doesn't want to have um yeah. it's really icky and so yeah that was the weirdest thing like oh, oh remember when we stayed here and there was the star trek thing oh it's all still here there's a whole wing of like slot machines that still looks like a spaceport and the welcome set like the preview center where you get timeshare presentations is in a spaceport for no reason and so and so like all the westgate signage and like uh, uh you know where you get the little stump speeches and then a little 
whole store, what used to be the Star Trek gift shop, is now full of Queen of Versailles merchandise. They sell hot sauce and mints, <laughs> and it's presented like it's me, the Queen of Versailles, like Paris Hilton, the simple life, like owning. I'm kind of a trashy diva, but like that documentary is very sad. It's not it's very like, sad. You know, yeah. yeah, the heights of luxury. So, so it, if you're going to Vegas, I'd recommend it to you. Might walk around the weird remnants yeah. right. of the Las Ve- or, or of the Star Trek experience. The bathrooms have portholes and like weird little like laser lines around the mirror. It's so so weird. Uh, um, and yeah. Anyway, I, I but we should you know I guess we but should talk about what it was West, before. Westgate, that's what it is today. Westgate vacations are a great deal for you and your family. Of course, they uh, co-own the show now. So so you'll be time yeah, shares, yeah yeah so. you'll be getting upsold uh, uh, yeah, on these podcasts yeah. as much as possible. Yeah, fake time with your family is crucial, and if you don't do you it know, now, you might die and never get to do it yeah. so invest in your family and it's your an future investment today. that you get to pay us on <laughs> <laughs> um, you can't own property as easily you can own this yeah maybe i can see if i can buy the star trek insignia sure yeah off, off just give me them. that giant piece of plastic outside the hotel it's weird that they didn't because there were a lot of auctions for things i think after this or at least yes. one and it all disappeared yeah yeah which made it impossible to bring it back anyway before we talk about what became of it because that's all a weird interesting yeah. mess too let's talk about what it was um i mean i explained it a little bit this was this uh, this immersive star trek experience that involved rides and, and, and restaurants although you know what there's this whole other thing did you guys look into what was originally supposed to be the first star trek experience in las vegas yes oh the the big the big enterprise the giant enterprise Mm -hmm. uh okay so the year is 1992 uh the strip is on the grow there's the mirage there's the luxor there's the mgm grand all of these family attractions that are heavily themed downtown vegas fremont street is turning into a real shithole that's sort of like former vegas it's not where families go how can we balance these sides out uh so the main like the people in charge of downtown put it out to all these themed entertainment places uh you know what could we what could we do what's what could be our the big thing that lures people in uh we know today that they settled on the world's dimmest screen which is now up above <laughs> fremont this bizarre like a fading jumbotron that, that like that displays you know top tier graphics circa 2005 uh but bef- that was the second choice because what they wanted to do was build a gigantic uh, star trek enterprise um that was so big there's a little like chart that showed how big it was supposed to be it was supposed to be as long as the eiffel tower is tall <laughs> It was taller than the pyramids of Giza. You'd be able to see it from the sky as you landed. This was going to be mammoth (laughs) um, and probably have stuff like the Star Trek experience inside, like recreations of the decks and rides and restaurants and all that. And this seemed like a slam dunk done deal until it went up to the CEO of Paramount, Stanley, Stanley Jaffe. Jaffe. <laughs> uh, also the Oscar-winning producer of Kramer versus Kramer before that. <laughs> yeah, I believe he um, appears uh, in the Robert Evans book, Kid Stays in the Picture. Oh. I believe, because I remember him saying uh, the audiobook, Stanley Jaffe. <laughs> <laughs> that, sound, that has a little Robert Evans-y ring, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so they do this major pitch to him. That, as, By the way, the city has signed off. Vegas yeah. is like super excited about this. Everyone was except for Stanley Jaffe. Yes, who in in the meeting, 
they they present all of their diagrams and their videos and everything that this is going to be and do for the city. And he says, well, this is all very nice and I like what you did, but here's where I'm coming from. Here at Paramount, if we release a movie and it bombs, you just shove it in a drawer and forget it ever happened. If I build a giant building and it bombs, it's there forever. Uh, I don't want to be the guy that approved this and then it's a flop and sitting out there in Vegas forever. Which yeah. that'd be unprecedented that some <laughs> Vegas thing didn't work out and you just like imploded or something. But he just walked out of the meeting. Very nice to meet you. That was the end of that. Mm. Never built. Well, that's it. The, the guy pitching it was Gary Goddard, who always seemed like a huckster piece of shit. And as we have now learned, is also a creep piece of shit. And I'll let the listeners Google no, him. Creep might be an understatement. Uh, it's yeah. not quite an... Yeah. Uh, Gary Goddard uh, is... We talked about this, Jason, how... Uh, mm-hmm. Gary Goddard is like this ghost that has haunted the podcast. We've yeah. we've done a lot of topics with it. Gary Goddard was part of, and we've discussed how do we address this, uh, uh, and and do we discuss everything that happened with it? I don't want to. I don't think. I think the only thing we can say is fuck you, Gary fuck Goddard. You. Uh, there's a special <laughs> place in hell. Uh, yes, it's uh, a bummer. He's a, if you there's... if you just need a clue, he's a Brian Singer yeah, guy. Yeah, his one of his last projects with Brian Singer. Fill in the blanks. Uh, if you yeah. Google him, there's some very thorough articles. So uh, it sure. sucks. Uh, and and it, he like he was part of some amazing things and stuff that we've talked about at length on on this podcast. Mm-hmm. And it's such a bummer that we have to like uh, yes. we like to talk about. And here's who did this. And here's who did this. In this case, yeah. like let's not this, give this no. Guy credit. Let's erase his legacy because uh, mm-hmm. the things he should be known for uh, is uh, being a creep piece of shit mm-hmm. <laughs> allegedly 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 so, ele- yes so, uh, yeah, if it is true uh, yeah. anyway now Rest it's now it's up to you to figure out so do your own uh, personal gary goddard or don't maybe don't uh, yeah. uh but anyway so maybe that's good that it didn't work out because uh you know uh not a good yeah i mean good. look there's uh, unlike you know films there's hundreds of people work on it but it's it's usually the director is the author mm-hmm. some people think uh there's different schools of thought on that but films usually associate with directors themed entertainment mm-hmm. there's so much input from so many different avenues and different people behind it yeah, yeah it's there's hard a to lot say. Less. there's just there's just the one guy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. even stuff even like tony mm, baxter teams of hundreds has, of people yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, attractions we we say like oh yeah tony baxter ever saw this came up with these ideas but yeah there's hundreds and hundreds of people working on these things that being said let me give a little credit to the guy who built the world's dimmest screen what is now at fremont street uh uh john jerdy father of city walk oh yeah wow. he did the dim screen he did the big dim screen yes <laughs> um, so much world's credit dimmest screen thank you for slightly brightening the las vegas sky uh, uh so it didn't work out but then cut to 1996, the same dynamic is occurring with the Las Vegas Hilton because the strip is booming. Families are going to the strip. The Las Vegas Hilton is not on the strip. It is now part of the monorail line, but it is separate from all that stuff. And it's kind of associated with old Vegas. Uh, do you guys know much about what like the, the history of the Hilton for any particular reason or like the big things that happen there? I don't know. I don't think so. Here's I didn't I didn't know any of this. Uh, opened in 1969, it was called the International Hotel. Uh, it has a th- first of all it has not just a Benihana, something called the Benihana Village. 
What? It's like an entire, yeah, maybe that's where you want to go. I think it's still Is there. Is that there? Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Oh, my God. It seems like, what's that Yamashiro that's up on the top of the Hollywood Hills? It seems like where it's this little, like, you know, uh, this this little, like, shrine, essentially, right. like, that you can explore, but it's ultimately for a Benihana. Um, so check out Benihana Village. Um, this thing opens in 69. The first, uh, and one of the big attractions of it, uh, gigantic showroom, because by that point, you know, they're attracted, Vegas hotels are attracting the Rat Pack. We want to have the biggest, best one. Mm-hmm. They got Barbara Streisand to be the first performer for a solid month. Second performer, Elvis Presley. And that's where Elvis played. Like Elvis oh, in Vegas wow. equals the Las Vegas Hilton, at least until his death. Mm-hmm. He did seven years, you know, upwards of 600 shows. And that's where and he lived in that hotel. Right. And there was a suite like called the. Uh, we called the Elvis suite for a long time until it got blown up because <laughs> the, the, the wing got removed. Colonel Tom Parker lived in the Hilton for a long oh, time. Wow. Uh, <laughs> what hotel did Colonel Tom Parker live in, though? <laughs> he might have he hopped from play. He might have also taken done 16 hours of sleep uh, a night. <laughs> oh, made himself sure. At home. Hey, just like Sloppy Deli. Sloppy de- Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll all be living in various hotels someday. We'll yeah. all just oh, go visit God each other. Willing. We're lucky, yeah. <laughs> Pick one now. Um, I, uh, so, I, oh, and then also, uh, late 70s, early 80s, Liberace, uh, everything oh, portrayed, wow. the era portrayed in Behind the Candelabra, Behind the Candelabra is the Las Vegas Hilton, late 80s, early 90s, Wayne Newton. So this is like the vegas wow. Vegas place, but by the 90s, that is becoming passe and family entertainment is the new thing. So how do we compete? Uh, and they compete by arranging a deal with Paramount and Cedar Fair for right. the Star Trek property. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize it. It was all in that. Hey, there's your Vegas factoids. And the only thing that ex- still exists is the Benihana Village. The Of all of this, <laughs> yes. Um, interesting. Yeah. Dreams have died, and yet huh. the Benihana Village uh, remains. Yeah, that's right. This was an interesting holdover, because Paramount Parks technically ran Star Trek The Experience. Then they got uh-huh. bought by Cedar Fair. Oh, and is that Cedar what happened? Fair even kept it going for a couple years longer. Okay, okay. Um, they, did, they did work out whatever licensing and when star trek the experience closed it was supposed to reopen somewhere else uh i believe at a mall called neonopolis yeah, yeah. Uh, and and that i'll just save kept ne- getting... i have neonopolis yeah, stuff. I'll save it. let's talk stuff. about the spaceships first yeah so uh, uh <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a whole thing too so but yeah but i this thing came out of the gate with a lot of hype and i remember reading about it at the time and it sounded pretty insane and how often do you see a freestanding themed experience that's not part of a park that has this that's this hyped up or has this good of reviews this level of of detail Mm -hmm. yeah i remember reading about it and i will also say i also did not go to the star trek experience i was in vegas for the first time ever in december of 2007 so could have done it i could have done it wow i was a little bit as my theme park gene was a little dormant it was probably a few months before I would get, well, maybe I had an annual pass already to Disneyland, but before I would start really reading up about stuff, I didn't even think about it. It breaks my heart. What a dark time for both of us. Oh, I'm glad I, we yeah. fixed everything. I, everything's perfect now. Um, we stayed at the MGM Grand. I don't even think we did anything like silly. I, I, the first time I would have been there for that job was the fall of 2006, but I don't think that I knew this existed. I think mm-hmm. I'd heard about it over the years, but I had assumed it had closed by this point. It was also a time, I guess, when, I mean, I was always, as, so uh, to talk my Star Trek, my relationship with Star Trek, <laughs> uh, I was a next generation kid 
we were at the hospital. My sister had some stomach pain and we, they thought it might be like appendicitis or something. And it was not, it was, everything was fine. Uh, but I remember watching Star Trek, the next generation for the first time on the TV in the waiting room and being like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I wanted to live on the enterprise as a child. Like I wanted, I was yeah. so obsessed with the idea of like getting my own little quarters and, uh, the replicator and I could have whatever food I wanted. <laughs> you want to be a little Will Wheaton. I wanted to be a little Will Wheaton. Uh, yeah, I wanted to be on the bridge. Um, actually, I think I didn't want to be on the, I didn't want to like shoot a, like, I didn't really want to shoot a phaser. You don't want to have I, anything to do. Yeah. I don't want to be like to, visiting your dad who works there. Yeah. Or, or like maybe work, uh, 10 forward with Guinan would be Goldberg. There's a large <laughs> okay. support staff on yeah. the ship. Yeah. So, um, I would, so that, that's what makes me more upset about this is that it wasn't even on my radar at the time or I wasn't thinking about it. Or I just took it for granted that it would always be there. Yeah, um, but this have... was Star Trek: The Next Generation primarily. Quark's bar is from deep. Quark is from Deep Space Nine, which is a show I watched a little bit, but I don't. I'm not way into it like I was Next Generation. It seems like it, it sort of transitioned you. Like the main experience was more next gen than anything, and the ship was more next gen. Yeah, it was the NC seventeen oh one D, which is the proper ship from the TV show, not the movies. Okay. Because then they got they blew the the ship of course famously blew up in Star Trek Generations. Oh. They crash landed the ship on a, an alien planet. Oh. And then they debuted Forever? The, yeah, but then they had the NC seventeen oh one E was the and then in first contact was the ship. Okay. And that was the ship they used the next gen cast used for the rest of their movies but so but to be clear quarks quark was deep space nine deep space nine which was a space station not yes although eventually they added a ship in later seasons well the defiant was their like famous littler ship their littler on a little mission and like uh, fights and And, stuff and the the second attraction added was voyager was Star Trek Voyager based? Yeah, it, well, it had Captain Janeway, of course, from Star Trek Voyager, Kate Mulgrew, uh, which I honestly, I watched a lot of Voyager as a kid. For whatever reason, Next Gen and Voyager were my two, uh. for whatever reason. Can and- I say mine? Most of mine as a kid was watching the original show in syndication sure. on TV in the summers. I like that. Next Gen, I would watch every now and then, and I remember when the action figures came out, but it never really like hooked me. Hmm. I associate it with uh, King's Dominion in Virginia because they had a presence, a Star Trek presence in that park. Hmm. Uh, what was it again? Oh, well, we'll get to that. Oh, in the oh, Patreon. Good, okay. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. We'll do the uh, ancillary Star Trek. Oh, that's right. Yes. Uh, Head over to the Patreon. But I was never, I, I liked Next Generation when I would see it. I never really hunted it out. I was much more of a Star Wars uh, kid. The, I was way into this before Star Wars. My parents, mm, yeah. my parents were not into either of these things. They, not that they hated it. Or they like saw the first Star Wars. That ah, was good. You know, that, maybe we'll see the, maybe they saw the second one. Maybe. Yeah. But that was well, it. So, like, I found all this stuff on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm more like them. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I've it, it all seems uh, it all seems nice. Uh, it's too late <laughs> for me now. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, just saw all... a bunch of the movies hit the canopy. One of the library streaming service websites. Um, I haven't really seen a lot of the movies. Have either. you seen any of the movies? Uh, I've seen <laughs> four. I've I've stolen Aaron's. Uh, Star Trek trajectory, which is she likes four because it has the whales. Oh yeah, and that's, is, uh, oh, yeah. that's the one that we like. Oh, Chris yeah. Pine! I saw the first Chris Pine movie. Mm-hmm. So, how many have you seen? 
Of the movies? Yeah. Just the first Chris Pine movie. Oh, that's it? Really? That's it. Maybe other little clips on cable and stuff. We're going to stay here and I'm going to make you watch Star Trek Generations where Picard and William Shatner uh, yeah. meet in Montana and chop wood together. And ride horses. Yeah. <laughs> the captains finally meet. And what do they do? They're in a little log cabin. And then they like help each other on the farm. Seems like boringness is kind of built into this franchise. Yes. Because a lot of these, uh, the early movies from what I've gathered are a little like turgid. Oh, yeah. The first movie is very boring. Mm -hmm. I like it, but it's very boring. Um, And what J.J. Abrams did, and I like the first J.J. Abrams movie, and I kind of like the second one. What J.J. did, unfortunately, was try to make Star Trek fun and cool and sexy. And no. (laughs) What are you doing, man? The exciting stuff is supposed to be when they're all like 20s gangsters or like yeah. Mark Twain shows up for a whole episode. Their idea for to boost. I mean, they did put a, a sexy lady on start on Voyager. But one of their other ideas to boost ratings was to regularly have a subplot where Catherine Janeway would go talk to Leonardo da Vinci on the holodeck. <laughs> That was, and they built a big Leonardo da Vinci set in the cast of like an actor. So a big thing, and they're like, "Oh, this is going to be good for the ratings." <laughs> this is when we add da Vinci as a reoccurring character. So like that is sort of what Star Trek is. I think there was a fan backlash when Seven of Nine, uh, who uh, came onto the show. Seven of Nine was a Borg. Mm-hmm. She uh, Jerry Ryan played her. Jerry Ryan, a very tall, attractive woman. Uh, and she was wearing like a bodysuit. So to get the ratings up in season three or four, it's like, here's a sexy Borg lady. And the fans were pissed off. They were mad. They there were was mad a sexy about lady? the sexy lady on the show. But this, now we're deep into like Hercules Xena era. You got to show yeah. skin. And she just and had a bodysuit on. It wasn't like she was. Voyager. This was also the launch of UPN around this time. Yes. Right. Voyager was like the big thing helping yeah. launch uh, UPN. <clears throat> So yeah, so start so Star Trek fans in general are like nothing sensational or interesting. Like we want dry diplomacy, and that's sort of the fun of it. So while I do like the JJ movies, so, uh, I do think that a big part of Star Trek is dry, boring diplomacy. <laughs> And ethics, a lot of ethics, a lot of ethics. I like uh, that. I mean, the first, the tea, first series, he a lot of Earl Grey tea, yes. right? The first series, I will say, with Gene Roddenberry, is a little sec, a little sexier. Shatner is a very like horny captain, and oh yeah, the women are in the skirts, and like there's a very kind of swing in 60s kind of there's vibe some, like under guest it. babes that show up from different planets yeah right? yeah mm-hmm. and there's weird horny stuff on all of them and spock spock has weird like well, pon far the... is uh yeah every seven years do you know about this scott no <laughs> every seven years when <laughs> yes. vulcans mate okay and they get insane <laughs> there's like a couple weeks or whatever where they get insane <laughs> so you gotta like stay steer clear of them when they're horny they're very emotional because they're normally not emotional right so they let all they their go, emotions out Oh. In that moment, oh, that's like when the, that's like when the Amish people like go experiment. Yeah, it's like yes. Springer. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, oh, I like the term. Wow. Yeah. Data Data has sex in one of the first few season or first season or I forget second season. He has sex uh, and he tells uh, he tells uh, who does he have sex with Tasha Yar or something that he's fully functional. <laughs> <laughs> which is gr- weird, gross <laughs> meaning that like data's creator dr noonian song 
uh, <laughs> he created data and then had to work very hard on his penis. Like he yeah. had to work very hard on this robot penis that's fully functional. You're gesturing like you have tools, like a little <laughs> hammer and chisel. Right. Like, I mean, he had a little like checklist. It's like, all right, uh, language, check. Uh, morals, check. Ethics, check. And the working ha- dong, check. <laughs> and it has to change because data's not walking around with a boner the whole time. So it has to move. Like he made it move somehow realistically this this creepy old doctor or scientist who made data which to invent technology that can be small and then spring up and be hard and long <laughs> that's difficult uh, uh it seems like it would be mm-hmm. yeah um so yeah so uh and that it's got to tie into your brain mechanisms and something has to trigger it yeah yeah the human human anatomy is incredibly complex like they say the iris is like the most intense lens and so like they'll never be able to perfectly replicate Mm -hmm. like the human eye Mm. lenses it's it sounds intense but not as intense as manufacturing the boner manufacturing the boner yeah (laughs) dr song i don't know we don't know if he perfected the boner though (laughs) he might have just gotten like a version one it might might have just been like two modes like yeah you also get into does it work does data feel pleasure or does it work? It works more for the partner. Well, I data. Well, pla, emo, famously data did not have emotions for the run of the show. Dr. Nooney and song created an emotion chip that was not fully working yet. And it was too much. And data finally fully put it into his brain in Star Trek generations. And it fucked him up. He got so scared. He'd let Jordy be captured by oh. uh, Malcolm McDowell. Dr. Sauron. <laughs> So don't have emotions ever so, is the yeah. And then they tried this, and he also was trying. He'd always was trying to grasp humor. You know, data. He was trying to figure it out, and sure. it was always coming. He was always looking like a fool because he would make a joke that wasn't funny. Hmm. So anyway, and he started just saying, "Is this humor?" and pointing to his boner. <laughs> <laughs> well, he'd be right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, <laughs> you've got it. R- My God, Riker would have liked that. <laughs> Maybe Picard would have thought that was not cool. So anyway, so I was obsessed. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed with this. So this is again why this breaks my heart so much is that it was at the enterprise from next generation and do you watch video of this and go by god they nailed it they kind of did it nail seems it. like it yeah because like i would really like a, a big maybe complaint i would have as a kid that i wouldn't really complain about would be that you couldn't sit in the room in peter pan on the ride you couldn't mm-hmm. actually kind of walk around you you were on a path and you didn't quite get to make it your own little experience it was mm-hmm. great but i think part of me was always like i'd like to walk around on in these settings on the rides mm-hmm. so especially to be on the actual bridge and be in the turbo lift and walk down the hallways look exactly right that was a fantasy of mine as a child would have been unbelievable and it yeah it's and you're also it's kind of cool that you're being guided around by different crew members mm-hmm. who can seemingly shape the experience a little bit uh, mm-hmm. d- depending yeah. on their performance and um, and that it's very like here come this way it's got it seems to when you watch videos of this it seems to have like a uh, like a haunt quality yes. a little bit and where it's confusing in there and here follow me but then they might be wrong and something might happen to them right it definitely isn't like uh, star tours you get in a line and now it's time to get on the ship and uh, like you're you're it, not cut loose but there's a little more of that feeling well should we start with so the the main ride when it first opened was the klingon encounter mm-hmm. right but it was not called that at the time 
It oh, was, until it was there was a divide. Later. Until they opened the second one, yes. it was just okay. called that was the Star Trek it experience. Was the one, but right. now it's the Klingon encounter. But this um, is or, a very interesting concept for this because it acknowledges that the guests are 20, 20th century people, and, and mm-hmm. it does it. Uh, normally, I would be against it, but I think it does it in such a fun way. Yeah, I like it. I, I like, like it because at first I would be like, "Well, it's better if you just you're in that century as well, and you're recruits or something." And, and this was apparently a rewrite done by writers on Next Generation. Yes, there was. I forget what writer was, but somebody was trying to write it, and they were like, "How do you do this?" Because there's a simulator that happens. How do you write a simulator? Did you see this? Yeah. How do you write a simulator ride? And then they're like, "We're going to Disneyland," and they just went down to Disneyland and did Star Tours for research. <laughs> And then research. went back to the boring room and wrote uh-huh. the thing. Um, and that's what's something that's cool about it is that it plays with your expectations mm-hmm. of what you expect out of a ride. Uh, and w- like what I was saying, that you end up with a little more freedom and it's more of a customized experience. Mm-hmm. But they like they presented initially and I forgive me, I didn't see like video of this part, but it seems like you were brought into a room where it's a lot more. It's spelled out. You're going on a on a simulator yeah they have a like a junky simulator i think i've heard tony baxter talk about it like he was lined up and he goes oh and it's like it looks exactly like star tours and i think he was saying he was rolling his eyes like oh here we go and you're watching a video that is very much the star tours video same angles you watch people get on it like you know it seems a little funny or something like they're uh you know like as you're bored dude and you're putting belongings under your Mm -hmm. chair but then it starts to flicker out and I, any, any video I saw, I don't think does it justice to what the effect is. No, I don't. I don't have a good sense of how this worked, but it sounds so cool. Yeah. So basically, they're simulating you getting beamed up to the Enterprise, and I think what so the lights would go out, and then like walls would be removed essentially, so you would be in the transporter room, and there would be some sort of flickering light and noise that would sort of disorient you a little bit, and then all of a sudden you were in a different room. Yes. Which, yeah. Yeah, everyone describes it as being like very magical. Like, yeah, they did a very good job of making you kind of think like what I'm not that you were actually being. But it doesn't seem like people but, know. Like it was like it was a total surprise to you, right? That's and what the I idea meant. of them like playing with the trope of all right, the video, yeah, I get it, and then like nope, wrong, that is not what this is. That's great. Even though later there is a simulator, yes. But by that point, yes. they've like there's so much more of an exciting experience leading up to it, and it just goes to show. They convey the feeling of like, this isn't a ride. You're in it. It's pretty. Yeah, neat. it's and really. Cool. I have to say, there's a pretty good ride through video online of the full experience of both experiences. And to me, it seems like because it's it's decent quality footage. And what what I read, it, I would guess that it was either officially made or from what I had seen, it was cast members who knew it was going away and were trying to preserve it. Yeah. Because it's, like it's got like a steady cam. It's got vibe. a steady cam mm-hmm. and like there are no they were going in crazy angles and stuff and mm-hmm. like it looks uh pretty good. So um uh uh preserved in a way that a lot of non Disney and even some older Disney stuff is not preserved on YouTube. Right, right. Right. So yeah, now you're on the bridge, is that correct? Well yeah that's why I was 
Uh, maybe I'm a little confused. Was it in the transporter room and then you walked to the bridge or no, the first experience was you just ended up on the bridge and you were in the, I on think the bridge. Maybe. And somebody think just starts right. talking to you yeah. and you, explains that you're in the year yes, 2371 right. now. Yes. That's the first version. At least I as think, far as we know, there's not like a really like solid video of this. But. The Borg one, I think maybe you end up in the transporter room first. Oh, okay. That comes later. Sure. No, I think this one you start, you start in the transporter room because she's like, this is going to sound crazy. <laughs> But here's the deal. And then she takes you to the bridge. That's what I thought. But yeah. I can't tell if they changed that a little later. But yeah, you've been be- you've been beamed into what you call the future. You're in right. the 24th yeah. century. Right. And pretty quickly, there is a video with Riker. Yes. Video of Riker. And he explains about the whole narrative, right? He's the one who says the he yeah. kind of one sets of you. it up. Yeah. Um, and him, is, him and LeVar, so, so what, Jonathan Frakes and LeVar Burton both yeah. in this thing. So you got real actors. Um, and this is, yeah, and this is right after the show is over because the show or, you know, a couple of years after the show is over because the first movie comes out in like 96. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so, and then Riker explains to you, uh, he's the one who explains about one of you being Picard's relative, right? Yes. One of <laughs> you is, which is the early, it's a precursor to the rebel spy. Oh yeah, if you think about yeah. it, uh huh. Because <laughs> they're saying, well, they except they don't say who it is, so they say sure. one of you is a long lost relative of Captain Picard, <laughs> and uh, you are targeted um, by what's this? The Klingon who's I'm blanking on you, Korath. Thank you. Uh huh. Uh, Korath wants to kill you because if you don't exist, then Captain Picard won't exist, and obviously, like that's very important to uh, keeping. Maybe the Klingons at bay. I That's guess they think so that'll crazy. be. They think that like if Picard is gone, then the Klingons will reign. Which I don't know that the logic of that holds up. But fine. It's a killing baby a Hitler scenario. Yeah, by yeah. killing you, your baby Hitler to right. them, <laughs> or like the or baby Hitler's great 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 grandfather or mother. Right. Different so. timeline rules than uh, Avengers Endgame. Which, uh, yeah, well, uh, th- God, that I creates can't explain. an offshoot. I, can't I thought Avengers the Endgame, uh, the timeline was actually very, one of the strongest uh, explanations of time travel and or the way timelines theoretically may work. It, I thought it was really simple. Really? They did it really quickly. I yeah, I liked it. It was just anytime someone goes back in time and does something that affects stuff, it creates another timeline but unless you put everything back in the unless right place unless you put everything back yeah <laughs> that seems more like set up for future stuff so i sure. don't know what that i mean is. i like no. timelines i just think that it was a little yeah. confusing mm-hmm. but this is operating on back to the future rules yes. where if you there's but only one time. Picard yeah, is sure. missing because you've been transported it's in been the explained. instance that you were beamed onto the ship he's Picard gone. disappeared thus nicely justifying why uh, Patrick Stewart does not appear in this. You're right. <laughs> not yes. that he didn't want to. <laughs> he would have loved to do it. It's just the narrative wasn't there. Yeah. A little bit of narration at the end. A little bit of voiceover. Yes. Yeah, Same with true. Kate Which is a nice, like, little Because I wasn't even sure if he, he, if he did showed that up on anyway. the phone yeah, from a that on resort phone. somewhere. Kate Mulgrew does not appear in the other one either. Right. But she chimes in at the... I'm now, the end. I'm now flashing to like if you scanned the room for wait someone in this room is an ancestor of Picard <laughs> and you're scanning the room and it's a bunch of dumpy Vegas people and then in the back a very tall <laughs> handsome bald man hmm, who could it be <laughs> there should have been a plant every time of like a very handsome bald man an ancestor you say 
Why am I, what's your sir what's your name fred picard <laughs> <laughs> oh well we must protect you at all costs what's who are they talking about <laughs> then like a klingon slices his throat <laughs> oh, <laughs> and you don't know what's going on well, you're free to go then all right enjoy the slots uh, shrimp cocktails available and the- <laughs> um, that's right guests aren't just from the 20th century they're from 20th century las vegas yeah specifically like, vegas specifically that- vegas i yeah. like this as somebody who does think well how come in star trek or not star i'm confusing them all in star tours how is it that i'm leaving from some spaceport because i was just at disneyland a second ago mm-hmm. now would i like the ride better if we left from tomorrowland i don't know maybe honestly mm-hmm. i like it uh, um but yeah. i it's the only maybe maybe the only ride where you do actually leave from where you started and then end up Exactly. I mean, I guess yeah. Soren, you end up in Disney World, Disneyland, and Disney World. Yeah, true. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, so that's that, that, you don't that'd start be the other there. One, I guess. Uh-huh. But in this one, you do start. You start there, and then you end up there. Mm-hmm. And there's fun like Vegas visual hijinks. Yeah, at the yes, end, which is a lot of fun. Um, uh, so uh, it does have some really good logic. So I guess in the logic though, Quark's Bar is a Vegas attraction with people dressed as the aliens. I think this is correct because I watched a video. You can watch a video that was, I think, on a Star Trek Voyager DVD. Oh yeah, I that saw shows this. all of the amenities. It's almost like they're just pitching it to you, like you can have a corporate event here. Um, but they go into Quark's Bar for a while in that video and there is a part where they say uh, we just got the word from the 24th century Janeway has conquered the Borg we thought what do we do with him so we ground him up and put him on the menu <laughs> and that's why they serve hamburgers <laughs> at Quark's Bar and Grits so they, they from that yes the mythology is you are eating Borg meat that was exported oh. back in time 500 years also Borg are humans often oh yeah yeah borg are off are assimilated alien races which most of them are all humanoid if not all i don't think i've actually can think of one that's not a, at least a humanoid mm-hmm. so you're eating humans and you're aliens humans and metal humans and yeah. metal yeah and yeah implant metal implants and yeah so and that's tribbles, disgusting because you're eating triple ten triple tenders uh-huh so well, yeah you're eating I mean, that's a little less weird because they, they, you know, they don't think seemingly. Well, uh, they eat a little bit. I guess a little. But yeah, a little some, not so much. Mm, yeah, it's more like eating a dog. Or it's like eating a dog. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, but yeah, you're eating a, yeah, a human. I hope they're like if, you know, what's the equivalent in Star Wars? If you're like, what, a Lando burger? Y- yeah. It's it w- him? It would be or like um, it would be. Uh, oh, here. Here's what it would be. It would be uh, Django Fett burgers because Django was cloned to make stormtroopers famously oh, in the prequels. Oh, sure, yeah. It's all of, supposedly all of the stormtroopers are Django Fett. Oh. It so if you had a Django Rito, yes. that would be a tortilla in which the innards are Django Fett. Well the Fett's clone body. army. Yeah. The clone, the clone army, army is all Django Fett. By right. the time they get to stormtroopers, I think they've started recruiting. Oh wait, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So in the prequels basically yeah 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 and then by the time new hope rolls around i'm sure there's a few Django's hanging around oh yeah i i bet we'll find out the answer on the mandalorian coming to disney plus soon mm, i bet we won't I, no <laughs> you don't think uh, maybe we will uh, ig88 is in the trailer though that's fun yeah i do think you would like star trek more than star wars maybe i think it's junkier it's yeah. cheaper it's less exciting, which I think is appealing to you. So <laughs> Potentially. I think, 
I think there's I think there's stuff in there you would like. I'm not saying like you're going to become a Trekkie, but I think there's stuff in there that you would very much appreciate. Well, I know 60s, I would 60s Star Trek, I'd probably appreciate in like a Twilight Zone kind of way. Where yeah, it's these for like sure. Little allegorical tales. Well, and certainly Jean-Luc Picard enjoys a fine bottle of wine, much like yourself. Right. <laughs> yes, that's that's gotta true. Be. Sure. That's true. I can true. just watch a guy kind of like in a nice chair swivel a drink around. Oh sure, yeah. Sounds and he's good. not a he's not an action captain. Mm-hmm. Picard uh, Picard was a very like he would have the away team do his his dirty work. Wow, so and I just then, get to like hang out in his study and watch him learn about and, history uh-huh, and in his ready room. Oh, but the <laughs> the only issue is he doesn't he really like Gilbert and Sullivan. Everyone on Star Trek, everyone on Star Trek loves, Gilbert, loves and Gilbert and Sullivan. There is a scene just like there in Sorkin shows. Yes, the one big thing in common, <laughs> and it also doesn't make. I will give JJ Abrams credit because in in 2009 Star Trek it has sabotage playing from by the Beastie Boys, and it does make sense that people would be listening to music that happened after 1930. Because that, yes. that had not happened in Star Trek yet, where it's like everyone likes... There's a scene in Star Trek 9, I believe, or 10. No, I think it's 9, where to jog Data's memory, Picard starts singing Gilbert and Sullivan. Still <laughs> it's like the opening. Late. It's the opening of the movie, I believe. Like, and It's insane. It's insane that's that, in that, a, that... That's like a running thing through Aaron Sort, through like West Wing and Studio 60, is like mm-hmm. Gilbert and Sullivan rap. And that's truly what... Like, uh, hoity toy, like, this is what smart people think is funny, and yeah. it's it's fine, it's its own little thing, but it's it's not fun. One of my favorite things about Cap, maybe my favorite thing, uh, in Captain Marvel was the scroll makeup, yeah, uh, because it looked like junky next generation aliens, yeah, I like which that I am yeah. just I love so hmm. much. Oh, it's a little like sloppy, a little, yeah, like, and he's like the suit is a little, it's a Ben Mendelsohn, and he's like real clunky in the suit, and fun. like it's real fun. And he, there's a point, and, and it's it's kind of out of tone of the movie, but he like takes a drink from like a soda cup that's <laughs> an alien, hmm. and I'm like, oh, this is good, <laughs> I like this. <laughs> Sounds like Game of Thrones now, yeah, huh? <laughs> um, he's Starbucks now, so Mochaccino. I, so I'll, I'll recommend you an episode or two where there's yeah, a lot of yeah, aliens. Sure. By the way, are you guys excited for J.J. Abrams' reboot of the HMS Pinafore? <laughs> He's really going to make it more it's, populist. It's and... just called Pinafore. <laughs> Ooh, I like That's it. What, yeah, Sleeker. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, got a lot more stunts now. A lot of lens flare. Um, okay, so... Yeah, in your crew is an ancestor of Picard. You got to stay away from the Klingons, who they call in and yell at you. Korath. Uh, <laughs> Korath is played by Vaughn Armstrong. Who? So Korath is in other things, but Vaughn Armstrong oh, yeah. is in many Star Trek shows, seemingly. Yes. And also, just really fast, he is in uh, an episode of the show Eagleheart, directed by our friend Jason Warner. The episode Tramps. Uh, tra- just, I'm just going to leave this as a clue to anyone listening just watch find the episode tramps of Eagleheart. it is very it's, relevant to our yeah uh, to our interests yes. in theme parks and i don't want to spoil it and vaughn anyway. vaughn is the father of jace armstrong a guy we know ago yes Com- oh, did I you not know that it. yeah no. you didn't know that i did not wow. producer uh sushi producer i think on nathan for you yeah. among other things that's and right oh, yeah. At UCB. yeah jace an yeah. improv a guy very funny guy and a friend of yeah. ours his dad is his dad is vaughn yeah. armstrong, vaughn armstrong. Yeah. I, I, I think like vaughn 
Armstrong also on Decker, so he's on like all the funny shows. Yeah, he's on. Uh, he holds uh, some sort of Star Trek record of like guest most stars of and, guest yeah. stars. He's been on the most series, as, like different characters and stuff. Wow, and he does some all sort the cons of things and stuff. Yeah, he does the con circuit. Yeah. Wow, yeah. I'm so glad I brought up his name. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very well, look, cool. Look up Bill Tramps. Von Armstrong is great in this. He's it's a, it's a fun Klingon performance because you yeah. got to really bring it. <laughs> be a Klingon. Uh, you need the most like just screamy, yelly scene chew, and it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, um, uh, I, maybe that's what I maybe got to look up. I need to look up Korath episodes. I'm not sure where Korath. Korath might be a Deep Space Nine or a Voyager. I'm not yeah, totally he's sure. later. I'm for whatever reason. Now there's a Star Trek fan yelling at me and being like, "You're a fraud" because I can't think of what episode Korath is on. <laughs> there's a lot of great Klingon characters. Christopher Lloyd plays a Klingon in Star Trek Three. Oh, which is really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, um, uh, Christopher Plummer plays a Klingon in six. Really? So you got a bunch of great character huh. actors doing. Well, I think my way in is Korath because I love theme park specific characters, and if I could get more sweet, right. sweet Korath, <laughs> let me um, see. That's let me my make in. Sure. Um, but he he explains like. Uh, you know, we gotta we we gotta get you guys back to your time. We're gonna try to lose the Klingons in a nearby nebula. Seems like a good plan to me mm-hmm. if there if there is one nearby. And uh, and at this point, you're like that's where you are ushered to the real ship that is not a simulator because we dealt with that. This is mm-hmm. we're now on a real spaceship. Um, and during which you watch a different pre ride video. But this one's more futury. And when it starts, it's in the wrong language. And Jordy, who's doing the narration, has to flip it into English and like, ah, there we go. Right. Which is a fun little moment. Uh, I just want to say Korath first appears on the ride and then does show up. He was in the ride first? Yes. Yes. That's that's the best combo. Yes. If you take ride mythology and take it into a show or um, a movie. And then he was on Voyager. Then they, they brought... Korath back. Cool. Korath back, yeah. All right, I'm looking up Korath. Also, get full, uh, Jace was a full uh, producer on Nathan for You. <laughs> hey, uh, all right. Good work. Yeah. Great. Um, uh, good show. Um, uh, hey, here's something that's not good. Do you know the name of the ship that you get on? In the in the uh... yeah the oh, God- yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it's called the Goddard it's the Goddard God, fuck it. you Goddard fuck you <laughs> stop putting your Piece stamp on everything uh, so that's not good but the video is fun uh, and then the the ride itself um, it's more like Back to the Future than Star Tours in that there mm-hmm. is a a screen that is stationary and separate from the vehicle that you're on uh, but the vehicle itself is like it's like a it's like if Star Trek I'm sorry if Star Tours had a uh, open uh, roof it was, an, right. it was a convertible uh, simulator <laughs> uh, and it shakes around and gets like a pretty severe degree of, of motion it seems like it, it could do a lot mm-hmm. um, but but it's sort of a more Back to the Future ride vibe um, I don't have a lot to say about the ride itself it does the ride seems a little mm-hmm. more like CGI goopy yeah Yes. Um, yeah. But it seems plenty neat, though. Right. Um, yeah. And like a fun little like action thing to end. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. Through and a the wormhole. Whole, I forget everything right? that happened on the way, but you're like being you're running around. They, they built so many There's a, corridors and st- the, the square footage of this thing is massive. The turbo lift. I think there's a little oh, scene in that. that, too, as well. Like yes. that, you get it under attack and it like shakes. Mm. And like that's a whole different sort of like journey to the center. I was going to say, yeah, like journey to the center of the earth. Yeah, um, shaking elevator, and that's all. And it's all crazy. Like, and then and then doors open, and then another person like, okay, now you got to get over here. They create this frenzy that that is a lot of fun. Yeah, Uh, and a little confusing. What direction am I going now? Yeah, it is a haunt. It is a haunt. Mm -hmm. It's like, Mm -hmm. and then they make it more of a haunt. And I wonder how similar Rise of the Resistance, especially, is going to be to this. Well, we, I mean, we know kind of how what the gist is. 
references for it and it's very similar it's in different orders i think of what happens but like when it opens in 2025 spoiler alert alert, though you get on some sort of a ship first that sounds like a platform much like the elevator or something Mm -hmm. where you're all standing in a ship and it shakes a little bit but you're like seeing a screen it's the first thing i went to when it was said like it's a ride but also there's these other parts yeah that sounds like star trek experience to me yeah and then you get off that walked in another queue and then you get on the official like ride vehicle wow. but i think there's fun nonsense to be had in between everything and yeah uh but yes unlike star trek experience it doesn't seem like rise of the resistance will take you ultimately to modern las vegas yes no because you go back through like. time <laughs> you yes. go back in time to, you your, to time. your time but you didn't lose the Klingons. No, they, they followed came, you. They followed you. So you're avoiding a Klingon ship, but over current strip. You start at Excalibur. Mm-hmm. You soar over MGM Grand. There's an MGM Grand marquee where you can see a sign for FX, which I'm so... I need to look into this. It was some show that like... Who's in it? Michael Crawford and David Cassidy. It's some weird like futuristic magic show that seems insane. Oh. It, was, it was at the MGM Grand forever. Oh, um, man. We need to find that. There's... Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 oh, you know what? Similar to that? Also, long-time residency at the Las Vegas Hilton, um, Starlight Express. Wow. The, the train musical. Of course. Yes. And, it, yeah, like, with a, on a massive scale. Like, yeah. Great. Uh, yeah, yeah, which it has to be to fit all those roller skaters. Such a perfect Vegas musical. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to it. We, yeah. <laughs> we'll if, do Starlight if Express. If anybody's excited Starlight about Express. Starlight Express, it's coming. I am. Yeah, so MGM Grand Marquis, you also see a... Uh, uh, ad for a mike tyson fight mm-hmm. and i looked it up and this would have opened in the precise window when mike tyson was banned from fighting because he bit off holyfield's ear wow at the mgm grand i right. believe uh so it uh, incorrect got to dock points uh, there uh, you could not have seen a mike tyson fight right uh Impossible. you also you pass by my favorite part you pass by a different marquee for another hotel that is advertising a concert by the Moody Blues. This is in a ride, (laughs) thus making it the first of two Moody Blues-related theme park attractions. The second being the Knights in White Saffron ride. I had no idea what a pioneer this was. Wow. More Moody Blues interactive content, please. Video (laughs) games, avoid. It's up to them. Uh, uh, Use your property wisely. TV shows based on their songs. (laughs) <laughs> I know, sir, Absolutely. A show for each song. Yes, Disney Plus. Get on it. Buy the you own so <laughs> many great Disney properties. Own... Buy the Moody Blues. A JJ mm-hmm. uh, Abrams reboot just called Satin. <laughs> that's what number one thing he gets in there he yeah. shaves off words yeah. that's mm-hmm. his home renovation style mm-hmm. uh and then you end up back at the las vegas hilton which really makes me smile that you're just looking at like a mm-hmm. hotel brand name in this ride and then you crash into the sign very yes. important they say we're gonna get you back to those simulators remember that you're mm-hmm. about to get yeah. on we're gonna take you back there and then you crash into the hilton sign and because by then back to the future ride has happened it's very important that you just crash into right logos that you recognize mm-hmm. but why would they not like lower you you have to fuck up the right. hotel it should be a gentle landing yeah yeah but, but that's it's fine, fine. Yeah, it's like fun it we yeah. know but then you're like traveling down the shaft and that's when you hear the voice of picard and you know that he has been restored to the timeline the ancestor is safe and he is safe mm-hmm. uh and he says a funny little monologue the part of which the gist is 
Uh, only one of you is my ancestor, but each of you guards the future. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. So silly. Um, and I just hope that ancestor has a, has a good life. Mm -hmm. I wish the Picard bloodline a happy, uh, happy history. I like the idea that Picard has so many different relatives that there's just one in each group. Just, just by the way oh, it breaks yeah. down. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Every single tourist group. Yeah, well, we're talking like 200 a day. Yeah. Yeah, every mm -hmm. day, 365. Um, so, some some horny Picard was... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> past Picard was getting busy all over the nation. Yeah. Um, the uh, Another great thing after you leave is that the TVs were playing a news report of UFO sightings over Las Vegas. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. So you would get like a little thing that was, I don't know if it was at the bar. It would just say like, you know, unknown, uh, unknown Weather balloons objects or, or yeah, yeah. We're flying over Las Vegas. That's so fun. That's like the men in black ride. Yeah. Where there's, like, there's like a blackout and you justify, Oh, here's what this was. And yeah, that's a very fun detail. Really um, fun. Wow. This is great. Yeah. Fun experience. The only, yeah, the only thing I do would prefer Quark's bar to be real, but that's minor because people yeah. were dressed up as like Ferengi and Klingons. Yeah, so why is that? Then why is there a Ferengi walking around? Right. I guess that's just like, this is the fun goofy ver and these are actors and they're dressed up as okay. the, as these alien characters. Sure, sure. But you're, yeah, you're led into the, well, at this point it's, you go through the history of the future museum, mm -hmm. which has a bunch of. Star Trek like memorabilia, probably the largest standing collection of Star Trek memorabilia. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of like boring details in the video of like this wasn't on camera, but it's a replica. It, it is photo ready, but it was not photographed. Right. This feels <laughs> like this feels like what you would expect the experience to be. You'd expect a Vegas Star Trek thing to be like you walk through and there's some props and there's a video. And it's only and that. Sure. It's sure. that. Mm hmm. There's a Marvel thing now in Vegas that I know has like some like Hulkbuster suit or whatever, but I feel like that will be underwhelming. Who, that who is be. this fooling? Yeah. That doesn't seem like fun. Yeah. And it's like, there's an interactive games for kids. And I'm like, I, these games will not be fun for a man in his thirties. <laughs> I guess so you'll have to go drink. To I will talk give you yourself money. Out of that. I will give you money, but I won't fully enjoy it. <laughs> I won't. Not fun for all ages. Not Only all. Some. Um, I guess we should back up and say that it's uh, in 2004, they added a second attraction. Oh yes. The Borg invasion. Oh. 4D. Uh, and I don't know great. a lot about this. I watched a video. It's a little harder to uh, ascertain what's going on, but um, feel free. Yeah, I mean, this is I mean, it's it's very similar to the thing uh, to the other one. So they basically it seems like they peeled off two of the bridges or, or two of the excuse me, i'm trying to remember they basically whatever the capacity for the klingon version of it was it took they some would of it away take two of them away and made it them the borg so there would be two different versions you could go on mm. it would be the klingon version and the borg version and the borg version was a true haunt a yeah scary, this is unnerving yeah this is like true like this is horror nights it's not fully well, maybe it's close. I mean, some it's, of it's scary. Cast some members get assimilated, you know? Cast members get assim assimilated. So let's talk quickly about the Borg. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ten minutes One later. One hour later. Okay. The Borg Whoa. scared the shit out of me as a kid. I was so goddamn scared of the Borg, of all the bad guys on the show. What's the Borg? So the Borg are basically like robot men essentially robot men and women so they have like th weird do you know even know what they look uh, like yeah, yeah, okay so yeah. you know they have things over their eyes with little like lights and uh basically 
of uh, basically what will happen is if a board beams onto the ship, you can shoot them with your phasers like for a couple seconds and then they assimilate to the frequency and then there's like a little shield. So they keep assimilating and oh. changing. And then basically if they get to you, it's like a zombie or, or a, a vampire and they just put their little hands that have little uh, tendrils and they just like, go into your neck and they start assimilating you. Oh. They're parasites. They're, They're parasites. like techno parasites. So it's a zombie thing happening yeah. too. Yeah, zombie thing. And then they put like they fully assimilate uh, assimilate you on their board cube, which is a scary cube ship. I was scared of the ship. And that's in the ride or that in that's the 4D experience, not the a ride, ride. 4D experience. Um, and then on their ship, it's a very like dark and like just like platforms and these like charging stations for the new Borg. So like there's just people kind of like this, like zombies or mum- mummies, essentially. And they're like charging them up as they fully become Borg. This is cool. This sounds very it's scary. Very cool. Very scary. Uh, Picard famously was assimilated on one of the episodes at the uh, uh, best of both worlds is the episode. Am I uh, am I wrong about that? Am I going to get yelled at? Uh, let me just look. You better that up. drop everything and wait, find wait, out. Wait, right wait, what now. happens to him? He gets assimilated, yeah, is, and then how the do they? Uh... So that's it's a cliffhanger. They end the season with Picard assimilated. Oh uh, no! What a great cliffhanger! And Riker has to figure out if it's worth going in to save Picard or not, because this could be a bad idea. So of course they ultimately decide to do it, and they get him back, and then they they follow this plot thread through for Star Trek First Contact. Oh, which. Picard is like haunted by the Borg and they introduce the Borg Queen, which is a very sexy character, very horny character, and to tie it into theme parks, highly influenced by Angelica Houston from Captain EO. You think influenced by? Legitimately? Oh, yeah. Wow. She has she has She shows up in this. She shows up in the Borg invasion. Oh, that's that like that's yeah. Oh yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. The work week. Uh, yeah. So she, it's like half. She's like half body, and she comes down when there's all these oh, things. Yeah. Like it's a hundred percent Captain EO. All right. There so we like go. there's a tie in there, um, and so they they follow that plot thread through uh, into that movie. Okay. And yeah, it's so the idea so, of being in a place where the Borgs. So being in a place you. where the Borg, I think, especially me in 2007, maybe I wasn't ready to handle it, honestly, because I'm <laughs> such a such a brave man yeah. now. Uh, in 2007, maybe I would have been too scared to confront the Borg. I think I can now. So the premise of this is that you have been taken on to the, the medical bay of the Deep Space Nine station and the doctor. What is the doctor's name? Uh, just the doctor. I mean, he eventually gets a name, but he's mostly it's the doctor. He's a hologram. Oh, he's played by Robert Picardo, another great character actor. He's a great character. He's just very funny in this. Um, and he's like, we think you you all seem to have the genes that can like counteract the Borg infection, so yes. we may be able to figure out some sort of antidote from you. And then we have that, and we're Picard's <laughs> ancestors. Well, it's different. It's different. It's different. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, because they're like separate. I think they're self-contained stories. Okay. Oh, um, oh no, certainly. But positive if you did them both. Oh back yeah, to you, back. good point. Oh, good somebody who does it <laughs> someone is a, might yes. is a Picard ancestor who's an yeah. anti-Borg. So then, of <laughs> course, the Borg shows up because they can't have any of that, and then um, uh, uh, they start attacking the ship and and suck suck the wing you are in onto the the Borg ship, and and mm-hmm. then they come and save you. And you're going through like 
corridors again, but this time they're lit much scarier. Yeah. It's a lot more, it, it's got, it's much more of like a scary alien vibe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you end up ultimately seeing a 4D movie that, that ties the plot yeah. up. Yeah. But and, until that point, yeah, you end up like, you're being chased by a couple of them. Crew members yes. get, yeah, taken over by them. Whoa, they're, a person gets sucked into yes. the ceiling? That looks awesome. They're on crazy a, looking. Yeah, they're on like a little lift, essentially, and then they get like taken into the ceiling. Some, there's another person I think gets pulled into the wall. There's a yeah. couple, there's another effect like that too. A lot of red shirts eating it in this yes. one. Yes, famously the red shirts in Star Trek always die. Oh, okay. Um, but like the generic people that you don't yes. really know. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, that was mostly on the first series. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, of course, I think they sent it up in the first J.J. Star Trek. Mm. Something like that. There's like a red yeah. shirt there's guy who's like, ah, he like dies immediately. Okay. He like jumps off. I think it's when they skydive off of that giant drill. Yeah, he eats it. I yeah. want to watch... All of these things so bad right now. <laughs> I'm so excited. I want to watch the JJ one. I want to watch all of Next Gen. For I'm sure. getting so excited. We're gonna have to pause and watch yep. eight movies and then to. keep going. Yep. All right, pause and uh, okay, we're back. Um, so and then what? Like this also was a little similarly without being there. It was really hard to gather what Borg 4D the movie was all yeah. about. Uh, it seems a little like wonkier graphic wise than the other thing. Yeah. The other thing I think is probably a better, the Klingon version I think is probably better. But, but if you consider this like, here's a B, not a B ticket, a D ticket as opposed to this a, is a the monst- major E ticket attraction. This is Monsters After Dark Guardians of the Galaxy. This is just a yeah. little bit of an extra fun Scarier thing. Yeah. side attraction. Yeah. Um, but it's cool. Seems cool. It's very cool. Um, this was in 2004, right? We said that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that that they're still adding stuff, and that to the, the Museum yeah. of the Future, they're updating it to acknowledge Voyager and Enterprise. That even more. That even later on, right? Uh, newer show. It feels like they're. I mean, Star Trek was on the way out a little bit at this point. But it does feel like there was just a, a rights situation, like a deal hadn't been reached. It feels like there was a chance yeah. they could have. Well, that's what they wanted it to try and get it reopened somewhere else in 2009 to coincide with the Chris Pine movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And that got pushed back. And then in 2011, they were finally just like, we lost. It's rights. not happening. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it seems unclear why it stopped happening at the Hilton specifically. It seemed like. It seemed like it was just like allusions to, you know, it, I just, like Cedar Fair said that the Hilton did not meet the terms of the contract. Maybe they weren't pumping in as much money as they needed to be or uh-huh. keeping it up or maybe there was just some maintenance issue and Cedar Fair maybe thought we could get this moved elsewhere and keep the, the quality high. Right. But unfortunately, they took it to a, 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 a place called Neonopolis, <laughs> which is... I think I could be wrong about this. I think oddly, my guess is that this is a strip mall that was built on the land that was intended for the Enterprise mm. back in 92 or at least around there, kind of at the end of Fremont Street. Right. Um, and I got interested in Neonopolis a couple of years ago and like, oh, I should go walk around there. And I started walking up to it and it was as if meth zombies were like the coming out of it was exactly like the board <laughs> now that you say it it was i feel like there was literally mist and then they start just like lurching forward it it felt very video gamey like yeah. what's that is that a friend no no kill it uh it was so scary instantly it's like really it's the end of where vegas is an acceptable place to be mm-hmm. um and so this is a mall that 
does exist. There's stuff there. They got that novelty heart attack grill, you know, where you uh-huh, get sure. weighed and they uh, you're in a hospital gown. And I think there's a thing. There's a waitress thing there too. Like they put it mean. Yeah, or like it's <laughs> like I'm gonna put a needle in your butt. Everything's or, oh, famously yeah, yeah, unhealthy, yeah. and I think oh, mm-hmm. if you're over a certain number of pounds, you can eat for free. Mm-hmm. Jason, would you like, let a woman put a needle in you? And heart attack grill. I mean, I have like I have? a vitamin B shot. Yeah, I have at a doctor. Like when I've been sick with the flu or something. I, I don't know that I would do that at a place called the heart attack grill. What's funny is that I know that you get vitamin, uh, vitamin B shots. You've well, talked about well, it like, I, I like that. I like the hyper hyperbaric chamber. Oh, I uh, want to get in a hyperbaric chamber you, real you bad. You want to do what? that so bad. Like Michael Jackson? Yeah, but it healed. Did he dead. do that? Oh, it yeah, did? he did. But it healed. I, mean, I don't know if it worked for it's him. Keeping Quincy <laughs> Jones young. Like, it healed um, Daniel Bryan's concussions. Yeah, it healed Daniel Bryan. He can wrestle again because of it. Hmm. So, um, Joe Namath swears by them too. Uh, well, and then there's, well, you know what? There's something else that uh, can maybe... Uh, help heal the old brain up or you could go at neonopolis you could check out bongzilla the world's largest bong yes i go should go to bongzilla from... this week yeah hey go <laughs> ch- go check out bongzilla As i don't know li- if you can use bongzilla my right. guess is no i don't want anything to do with marijuana i bet you can buy I... a small replica uh bongzilla <laughs> Ooh. something okay. you can buy a small yeah. especially now bong. i believe bongzilla came along when they was it pre-legalization? Because it is recreationally legal in Nevada, I think, now. Oh, it, it is? is. Okay. Um, if you're listening to this right now, I may be staring at Bongzilla in real time. <laughs> That's maybe what, what's if happening. you navigate yourself while listening to this to Bongzilla, mm-hmm. you might be planted right there right now. Uh, there's also a Denny's with a wedding chapel. So, Neonopolis is just like novelty mm-hmm. city. And there was a moment where they were maybe going to have the Star Trek experience and where the owners were just talking as if, yep, it's coming, it's coming. uh, And it never came. And it was starting to be, you know, like you said, they were trying to get it opened in 2009 uh, for the JJ movie. And then nothing had happened by 2010. There was just an auction where they sold off (laughs) everything from the history of the future museum and like the captain's chair. So that is all in the hands of various collectors at this point. So they couldn't reopen the thing if they wanted to. And anything that, didn't sell they just destroyed really that's what i saw yeah, yeah. i think i saw that too up. but in a nicer thing they did decommission the attraction and the longest serving actor the person who had been there the longest there was a banner that had flown over it and they're like according with naval decommission you are entitled to and they folded it up and gave it to her and i believe she was playing a vulcan and she was in character and when they're like we're giving you this as the longest serving crew member she starts like crying it's a very emotional moment and she understandably but like yeah they had people there from the show they did do a big yeah. closing a big grand finale that's which nice i appreciate that. that's and i good. like when they do that they I feel like yeah. they did that they they sent off back to the future ride mm-hmm. uh, with a little ceremony and it's yeah it's nice when something's acknowledged in that way uh the can, can i just say one more thing about neonopolis that like I, I it's a shame that the star trek experience ultimately like fell victim to vegas shadiness because like this is a thing where like it seems like the main developer is 
shady and the city was not sure if they wanted Neonopolis there at all. He's promised all this stuff and owes all these taxes. But then within that, there was another, like a separate shady guy who opened a couple businesses, one of which was something called Crave Massive, which was billing itself as what would be the world's largest gay nightclub. And the space that they were going to use for Crave Massive was a movie theater that the other shitty owner like it ran into the ground because it, it was i mean a bad movie theater all the regular stuff went wrong but also it stopped having air conditioning you know in vegas in the summer <laughs> oh. so so we're going to take a dilapidated movie theater and turn it into the world's largest gay nightclub which technically square footage wise it was except that they only opened you know two of the rooms which sure. were former movie theaters and they didn't change the signs so it just said like theater two and then that was a dance floor <laughs> Uh, you'd go into the various rooms and drinks would be wildly different prices between like a vodka soda what? is $6 more in theater one than it is in theater three. They said really big on the website, we validate parking. And then you'd get there and they would not. <laughs> this thing is such a funny disaster. Um, the guy who built it. Like had people overlooked the fact that he had years prior done jail time because he used his seven year old son's social security number to get seventy thousand dollars in bank loans in San Antonio. Went to jail for a year. What? And somehow this guy's still yes Vegas. Do whatever you want. Cabinet now. That's the shit that gets you into like secretary. He's incoming uh, secretary of defense. Yeah, he'll be he'll be organizing the Iran efforts. Um, but anyway, and this it's a fucking disaster in the thing. Like, you know, they owed $700,000 to the city. But my favorite thing about this club is that uh, so they had foam parties, reasonable thing for yeah. a nightclub to have. Uh, but keep in mind, the all of the dance floors were built out of former movie theaters. Movie theaters slope. They slope oh to God. one corner and they didn't fix that. So all of the foam would just pool on one oh end of God. the floor. As w- and you'd be in there trying to dance and then just like slightly drift over to oh the bottom. Oh my God, that is insane. The insanest, yes. Wow. How was this allowed to be built? And on top of that, oh, so if I get in though, will it be a nice experience? No, you will be charged radically different wow. prices. Somebody described, this is almost too awful to say, somebody described like, we went in there and we got in the elevator and my, my boyfriend leaned up against the wall and it was just covered in lube. <laughs> the, the wall? Why? So neon, neon, Crave Massive at Neonopolis, hell on earth. What could have been, How these things never would have sat next to each other. They're going to do a top tier Cedar Fair theme park experience next to a lube <laughs> elevator. <laughs> Mike, oh, Mike and I also ended up we've at a, been a, to we've a been foam to a party foam, together. So, what? But not <laughs> on purpose. At a gay it was, bar. We went to the, it was the only bar left open, like in that strip of Los Feliz, Silver Lake, like that. It was a long weekend, I remember. It was like Memorial Day or Presence Day or something like that. All the other bars are closed. That one was still open. And, and I hadn't even, it I, had an empty patio. The patio was totally empty. And we're like, oh, let's just go in and get some beers and go out on the patio well, and we, we walk not, inside. We didn't say, we didn't know anything about the patio. I I could see. I but knew, I'm just saying, like, we didn't go uh, there because we're going to go to the patio. We didn't I was just go like, oh, for we're going to go to the phone party. No, we, we just didn't. knew it was still open, and we walked in, and there was a phone party. And when you are not prepared for a phone, when you're just trying to buy some Coronas, a phone party, when you're not dressed for it or not there <laughs> intending it, it's just a, a, a slip and fall hazard because well, everything is so soapy. And we literally went and we got our drinks at the bar and went out to the patio. But, like, yeah, we're just kind of like stepping over. Foam and well, stuff. 
Well, what's interesting, it was in my old neighborhood mm-hmm. and it's just down by the, it was, it used to be, it's now a different place. It was right by that Trader Joe's mm. and uh, it's, I hadn't, we had never been there I and I wasn't, I, somebody's like, oh, you know, MJ's open and MJ's is a gay bar and I go, oh yeah, we haven't, we've never been in there. So let's just go down there. It's open. So we went in there and it was a fucking party, man. Yeah, I didn't realize that wild. a party on that, like cause that street's relatively quiet. I mean, there's a few bars and stuff, but it's mm-hmm. not, Across from the former Disney, that studio, Snow White was animated. Where that yeah. Now there's was. Snow White foam. <laughs> <laughs> so we walk in and like everyone is like almost naked, like they have underwear on and they're shirtless and yeah we walked into the like phone party 1 a.m on a sunday night and you, like we went into the bathroom and the, the guys are like why aren't you in the foam because <laughs> everyone, everyone's soaking wet everyone and is soapy. soaking like there was not a we were the only like clothes we were people. like yeah so wow. then we went onto the porch because yeah everybody was like I mean, do, I don't think we ever considered, well, maybe we should just take the shirts off just and take try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Find, find, the find a log. Right, yeah, you're near your apartment. Just oh, like yeah. head back, grab some flip-flops sure. and some yeah. uh, scuba gear if you want. <laughs> if everyone was on board, maybe I could have been convinced. It but. seems fun, but even the people there for the phone party, as like they're, they, you know, last call, we're closing up, you know. Everyone is almost eating shit. Everyone is almost falling. <laughs> Even the people who came prepared are almost slipping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess we're coming out with a stance against surprise foam parties. Planned well, foam parties. Yeah, great. I'm not against. It seemed like yeah. It <laughs> it just, you just got to prepare fun. for it. Yeah, I think it would have been good if it said if there was like a. Like, you know how a hotel has a vacancy sign or an apartment has vacancy. If it just was foam party lit up. There's a neon up, foam party you sign. You just light it up to make, and put it outside so we know when we're getting in there, we're about to walk into a foam party. Foam today. Foam today, yes. <laughs> um, or no foam today. It's a vacancy situation. Yeah, right. The, um, the funniest current client of Neonopolis is that is where the Telemundo affiliate is now. In the Las Vegas Telemundo affiliate what? is also on the third floor. Of so the functional so like, business, functional business studio, uh, confusing, yeah, sloping foam parties, <laughs> an axe throwing, one of those axe oh, throwing axe ranges, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What um, a weird. That's Neonopolis is where Vegas goes to die, and can, it is yeah. where the Star Trek experience died. We need to mark uh, confusing sloping foam parties for the intro to this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah oh, great. good yes, idea. Yeah. Uh, uh, but. Um, Hey, let's back it up to bars a little bit yeah, because yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and I, this is maybe a good way to close it. Uh, we got to talk a little about Corks Bar and Grill. Did you guys find out stuff about Corks Bar and Grill? A little bit, but I maybe you have more. I think. Well, I do in that I. I mean, I have some menu screenshots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is what I have. Okay, so I'm glad you found that stuff. Uh, uh, I also found. Oh, now I don't have it. I found details of like what would happen if you got married at the uh at the star trek experience right. uh, um I, th- I i read like what is like the ultimate like uh, package yeah 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 the com- the commander package <laughs> or whatever and you get a lot of tickets to the borg encounter uh-huh. you mainly get like a suited like so there you will have a witness there who is either a ferengi or a or a borg you could have a borg really? i think i think you could yeah if you're like a dark person i guess so. <laughs> like if you're yeah, kind of yeah. twisted if you're on the gothier <laughs> side what uh, alien from star trek would you want at your wedding Korath Korath <laughs> um, The green one That uh, Kirk Has to hit with a rock From the original show The one The, the, the fight in the... Yeah the fight yeah. yeah Oh you're right That guy rules Yeah I like that, that guy, guy And it's I like a little figure of him Mike I'm trying to It's going back and forth Between I like Quark himself uh, Quark is Played by this guy Armin Shimmerman Who is just fan, A fantastic character actor Mm-hmm 
Um, but also then there's a Ferengi played by Wallace Shawn, who I'm forgetting his name uh, on Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. And he's great because it's Wallace Shawn dressed as a Ferengi. Then that being said, I also like Neelix from Star Trek Voyager, who's another weird little character actor man who's fantastic in alien makeup. So I'm going to say I'm going to say Quark himself, okay, sure. but I'll take any I'll take a Ferengi. I mean, I think you would have had a generic Ferengi. I don't think you I could know. get the actor unless you, that's the, the ultimate. What's the top tier of Star Trek ranking? Uh, it might be Commander. Uh, I don't know. Uh, um, well, if you're the captain pre- is number one. Okay, but it's, so then a admiral that. is em- sorry em- emperor. You got to do the emperor's package, emperor. and they'll call they'll call the real actor for you. The Q package. <laughs> um, but so if you got married in the Star Trek experience, your reception would be at Quark's bar right. and grill um and you could customize the menu and we have some of the some of the items yes. mainly i got uh, especially interested in this because of this video which we'll post a link to from the voyager dvd uh where you get to watch the executive chef of quark's bar and grill <laughs> explain how the, the the menu was landed on and he is sort of doing this at gunpoint he's a little bit uh hesitant awkward and just talking about you know so we you know we try to have some we, we get a little bit creative with the stuff um you know I, I presented the menu and they said, that's great. We like that. And, you know, sounds good. Now check it out. And I said, what does that mean? And they said, you figure it out. So, you know, that's when we came up with, you know, that there's like pizzas in a triangle shape or, um, you know, we have the hamburgers or, um, you know, we really, really <laughs> checked, checked it out. Um, here you see the, the holy rings of Betazad, uh, which is, you know, we took the onion rings and we stacked, stacked them up on a pole. So, um, you know, we, we, we have fun with the stuff. And, uh, and, then, and then it cuts to a guy who's a lot more enthusiastic than the executive chef. Uh, sorry, the holy rings of Beta Z. What did I say? Or didn't you say that? Or maybe I misheard. Mm, maybe I, you did I say have that. holy rings of Beta Z. I think I misheard written in, written in my notes, which is always a good thing to write down uh, anywhere. Sorry. I do like <laughs> that, that presentation for onion rings. It's very fun. But I think it's funny that that's presented as trekking it out, because I've done that at Red Robin. <laughs> which yeah. is not, not trekked out, as There's far as I know. There's a place by UCB Theater Birds that does that, too. They do it really. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Uh, man, they tricked but, it out. Um, but so then you cut from this guy who like yeah. So you know, I was told to think of space, and I thought of a triangle bun. Uh, to a guy who loves it, the most cheeseball waiter. Who is he? Is he just in a uniform? I don't think he's a Klingon or anything. Though, yeah. though, like a Klingon or a Ferengi would walk up to your table at this restaurant uh-huh. and like bother you a little bit. Um, but this guy presenting the specials. Uh, uh, hey, we have and we have the wrap of. Con- on. <laughs> uh, it's like a chicken fajita, only it's wrapped up for you. It's in a spinach tortilla. Uh, and, and then he, he explains the hamburger, uh, which is ground up Borg meat. Think of it as as Borg, the other red meat. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's oh, it's the most cheese ball thing you've ever seen. Uh, and it's also the, it's, elsewhere in this video, it's explained that uh, there is a drink that has dilithium crystals in it. Mm-hmm. And that if you listen closely, it might even belch. I mean, that's mm. dangerous. First of all, dilithium crystals are what power the ship. Oh, God. They're in the warp core. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense to have that. Well, one of the drinks is the warp core breach. Is that it? That's is that the, the big one, the one the that's served for two, and it's got the dry ice. Does that in have it. the crystals in it? Well, I think so. I can read it the description. This is like, this is from the Turbo Lift uh, menu. Uh, it says, be careful with these cocktails, they'll send you to the upper deck. Uh, and then it's cut off from there, the upper deck of drunkenness. Um, this is like a tiki kind of drink where you like maybe mm-hmm. two, more than two people share it. Uh, red alert, order this drink and prepare to separate your saucer section. 
What? So that means, okay, so what that <laughs> means is that the Enterprise NC-1701D is able to separate the circle part at the top from oh, the other ship. that's the saucer section. So that's the saucer okay. section. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's a little pretty cute good. You know, I will say there. this, though, obviously, as we read these things, I'm read, they're kind of funny and cheesy. I do, <laughs> I like that they wrote jokes yeah. in the menu. It's pretty fun. In this drink... Five five different flavored rums, rasmataz. What the fuck is that? I don't know. And fruit juice. We add pure ice crystals from the planet XO three. You'll need more. One, you'll need more than one officer to handle this situation. Uh, These drinks sound like nightmares to me. I mean, I the, I'm excited. They are the it. most yeah. up Mike Sally and the least up mine. Okay, I'm trying to figure out the hmm. uh, economics of these drinks because they were. Core breach, which is for for two or more ten ounces of liquor, twenty nine fifty. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, all right, it's a big party drink, it's a big bowl, it's got dry ice. A mini warp core, five ounces of liquor, half as much liquor, f- fourteen seventy five. Straight in half. Oh, okay, straight in half. I thought it said four seventy five. Oh, I no, thought no, no, I was no. going insane. Yeah. And Wait, I was thirty dollars like, for a two person drink. It's in, full of razzmatazz. In the late nineties, that's like Hollow yeah, the Moon. I think. Yeah. I territory. Yes, I think that's my problem with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, can let me read this other one. This they don't elaborate a lot about the liquid latinum, but these flavors, fuck me. Spiced rum, melon liqueur, alizé red passion liqueur and blue curacao will put a Ferengi into a daydream about precious latinum bars. <laughs> what a nightmare. Several liqueurs. These are mm. these flavors are not <laughs> You know, they're not a, meant to be digested by human mm. beings. There's one or two cocktails on the uh cantina menu from coming to Star Wars, a coming to Galaxy's 2019. Edge. Yes. There's one or two cocktails where I'm like I'm assuming you had a professional making this because like I don't know that like Coke and Bloody Mary mix sounds that good or some there's some no. weird disparate flavor combinations. I right. don't like any of this. I mean, like, are you down with those, Mike? Melon liqueur? I would try it. Try it. Could be Doesn't like mean a... you would love it. Because, I mean, because Hell at might... the Moon, don't forget, that drink sucked ass. Yeah, it was not a good drink. <laughs> um, but I think like a melon liqueur could taste melon like a liqueur watermelon. Melon liqueur and regular rum, I can see. But the spice rum is kind of rubbing me the wrong I'm not way. Sure. There's no bait. What I just listed, there's not like one that's just regular. Because <laughs> yeah. if one of the ingredients was unadorned, but yeah. it's fucking, it's, yeah, it's spiced rum and it's watermelon, whatever. Too yeah. many things. It's a lot of things. I, I'm skeptical, yeah, but it, it could be okay. Well, sure. you don't know. It could be fine. Um, what else are you guys seeing? Well, I mean, there's stuff on the menu that, like, like it says Deep Space Wines, which Deep is great. Deep Space Wines, wonderful. Uh, Chief O'Brien's Bottle Brews, because Chief O'Brien was the, he was in uh, the transporter room on Next Generation, but then he was the engineer on Deep Space Nine. He's Colm Meany. That's the actor's name. Mm-hmm. So he's like an Irish guy, like to drink, and oh. they, they make his uh, little section. What, what position? He was in the transporter room, and then he went to what? On Next Generation, he was transporter room, and then on Deep Space Nine, he was the engineer. Oh, so he got a promotion. So, yeah, sure. And then and he also got more money because he was a regular. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Sorry, which drink is that? Uh, that's the whole section called Chief O'Brien's Bottle Brews. Oh. So he, like, they've n- named all the beers after 
Chief oh. Miles O'Brien. Can I read this one really fast from yeah. the Deep Space Wine menu? This would be my choice, I think. The Sacred Chalice, the, the Sacred Chalice of Ricks. Only wine from di- what? Batazed finest grapes is acceptable for the Sacred Chalice of Ricks, hmm. personally overseen by Lawaxana Troy herself. Parentheses well, Cabernet Sauvignon. Lawaxana Troy is Deanna Troy's mother. She's played by uh, Majel. I always forget her name. Is Majel Barrett, who is Gene Roddenberry's wife, oh. and who does the voice hmm. of the computer. And she did it until she died a couple oh. of years ago. Wow. But she even did the voice in the first JJ movie. Oh, oh, so yep. that was a little tie back. And that's then. the voice that supposedly they've been working on because they've they've got so much of her voice down is that people want that for Siri. Because I want oh, that for Siri. Oh, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Like, but so, so we'll see when it's if it's ever coming. It's, it's a funny thing about this menu that like, I okay, guess so that's a care. That's a beloved character at, who oversaw the production of this wine. And there's other ones like that where like Picard said these chicken fingers were OK. <laughs> like uh-huh. the main, not even like side character, like Jordy LaForge uh-huh. thought of this like French dip. Well, this There's is a, she was the one who thought to crush up Captain Crunch and roll the chicken finger batter in it. I'm curious about Captain Sulu's salad mm-hmm. because it says a frequent visitor to Quark's bar. He was not the same time period. Yeah, it all unravels. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, that one doesn't. You got to drink enough until you don't care about conflicting timelines. Yeah, I like shuttle salad. <laughs> <laughs> all right like i don't know shut uh, what's an s word that's in start a shuttle yeah oh, fuck it shuttle shuttle salad in terms of giving up uh similarly if i could read glop on a stick also known as jumja this station treat looks like an awful lot like a corn dog served with fries in fact it is yeah there's footage of a guy going around after people have had their food served in costume and and he asks the child it's like do you like your tribbles that we were told they taste like chicken but to humans everything tastes like chicken uh, just kind of like razzing the, razzing yeah. the dye to the kids, just yeah. blank face, like to smile. Okay. Like to, I don't know. I'm having don't chicken. Know. Don't bother me. <laughs> yeah. Dad's. Just dad's <laughs> irritated. Yeah. Uh, the one thing that bothers me, and maybe it's, maybe I'm not seeing it presented in a different way, is that they have on the menu different ales. They have Klingon War, Warnog Ale. They have Cardassian Ale, Vulcan Ale, Promenade Ales. And then they have Romulan ale, which very famously through the run of mo- like most of the series, they talk about Romulan ale as being illegal. It is so highly alcoholic that like, you know, like I got a little Romulan ale, like Guinan has a little Romulan ale behind the bar for you if she knows you and she like trusts absinthe. you. Like absinthe yes. used to be. It's yeah. 10,000 percent. Yes. But this is just presented. It's four dollars or like the other ones. There's this should have its own thing. This should be what you want. This is yeah. the blue milk. This is the butter beer. Uh, this and like Earl Grey tea hot mm-hmm. should be the two things that you want to drink when you go to a Star Trek themed bar. Mm-hmm. And they're not presenting it in, in a big enough way or making just, a big yeah, deal out of it. it. I'm going to make this prediction for Galaxy's Edge because the blue milk, the kind of frozen blue milk smoothie you get at the stands is different than the blue milk in the cantina. Right. And that difference until I sample both is going to drive me insane. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's like, I try not to be too much of a completist nowadays, but but I have to sample both milks to see which I like more. What would you get on this menu? 
on this menu on the, on the star trek menu oh i'm not sure i have enough of I'm it in front sure. of me i mean sacred chal i'd have a maybe three or four sacred chalices of ricks mm-hmm. i think i would want to try the warp core breach with the um, with the um even as sweet as it sounds well, even with the dry with the dry ice and everything so there's uh they have glop on a stick hugh borger now that's this is just me uh Mike explaining you Star Trek uh, characters. Hugh Borger. Hugh is a character. They rescue a Borg at a certain point in Next Generation, and they sort of rehabilitate him. And he is—he's like they finally like they name him Hugh, and he's like a little sweet guy, and his name is Hugh of Borg. Hmm. And they like rehabilitate him, but he still kind of has his Borg stuff on. But he's hmm. like a cute Borg. Hmm. Anyway, so, they grind him up into meat. So anyway, him fuck up. him. He's a hamburger now. Um, uh, I don't think I have enough of the food in front of me. I mean, those are all from the cadet yeah, I menu. Don't either. I have to say, if anyone out there has these old restaurant menus, if you could just scan them I mean, in a high resolution and put them in one album between this and Marvel Mania, trying to track down all the pages is it's so much work, you guys. That's it's the, so crazy. That is the cadet menu I was reading from. Uh, yeah, because they have Jordy's Nanite Pizza, specially engineered by Lieutenant Commander Jordy LaForge for a younger cadet. What? <laughs> Why is he engineering that a, a little that good, One of the main characters... Took some time to engineer a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Joseph Cisco's Bayou Linguini. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I got to have that, get that right. Right. I didn't see that one. Joseph Cisco is uh, Benjamin Cisco, which is the keys of the ca- captain of Deep Space Nine. Yeah. That's his kid. And for whatever reason, his kid has Bayou Linguini. Mm. Um, hey, I got to shout out that we're back to drinks, but the James T. Kirk. Spelled oh. like tea, mm-hmm. uh, uh, made with beef feeder gin, Bacardi Limon, Frizz vodka. What the fuck is that? Blue Curacao. What? No, retire oh. this ingredient. <laughs> uh, sour mix and Gatorade Alpine Snow. Oh, fuck I got you. Have that. Kirk's That's too smart to drink Gatorade. this. Mm. Gatorade. <laughs> I thought that was like the. Um, Long Island iced tea equivalent, it's, it but it's described. such a shit show. It says this drink on Earth, a Long Island iced tea. I don't even like when places are like with a with a Sierra Mist float, and I was like, I don't know why that. No, scratch that bums bums me out in the wrong way. I, <laughs> did you find the menu with McCoy's martinis? No, uh, there's so many of these. McCoy's martinis. There's a Bolian sunrise red shirt. Vulcan Nerve Pinch, the Badlands, and the Royale. And then on the other side of this menu is the Neutral Zone, which is non-alcoholic drinks. <laughs> and Data's Day is the name of the first drink. Uh, and it's, of course, it's not a serious drinker of alcohol. Mr. Data nevertheless enjoys a tasty beverage every now and then, especially now that he's installed his emotions chip. A he mix- needs to install a chip that lets him have, like, uh, str- water str- in him, str- <laughs> liquids. Um, if he, he can't taste strawberry and pineapple juice unless he has his emotion chips in. <laughs> Data has actually been known to say, I love this drink. <laughs> <laughs> he, fu- he has he emotion learned. about something, mm-hmm. only in this taste. Uh, um, Wes- oh, there's also one called Wesley's Crush. Hmm. Um, well, I mean, this is like a real tome of this menu, which yes. is pretty exciting. We'll, we'll post like stills of this, but I think, you know what I think actually it, within the, uh, within the menu, it is listed as the final frontier and perhaps it should be the final frontier 
of the episode. It'd be too long for me to read all of them, but uh, Jason, I'm going to make you make a blind choice. I'm going to give you five dessert options by name only. <laughs> And and you need to pick one, and then I Got will it. reveal what you have chosen. I mean, they some I, of them describe themselves. This open. I don't oh, okay. have it You anymore. may have seen some of um, them then, but I don't remember them. So please go All ahead. Right. Uh, your choice is Nog's banana split, the pie of the prophets, <laughs> Kafarian apple crisp, Deanna Troy's ultimate Sunday, and Udaberry sorbet. Oh well, I I think I would have to go. With the pie of the prophets. I'm so glad you did, because having said it out loud, that gave me so much joy. I would have been sad if you didn't pick it. And also, it has by far the longest explanation. So, <laughs> perfect. The pie of the prophets, also known as Kai pie. This recipe for a delicious pie came directly from the holy orbs themselves. Yes. Gra graham cracker crust, with, that sounds holy to me, with a combination of dark Talayan chocolate mousse and Bajoran peanut butter topping, drizzled with caramel and chocolate sauce, and topped with chopped Bajoran peanuts. This dessert is truly blessed, my child. Wow. I love it. So it's like a peanut butter pie. Not quite a mud pie, but mm -hmm. I, I'm into it. And blessed and holy and I, the most sacred dessert you could have picked. You I, did it. I do like, with liquor, I don't like sweetness overload, but with dessert, sometimes I do like, uh, all right, chocolate, peanut butter, and caramel, and butterscotch, and like all, sure. all of mm -hmm. the, like a suicide of Sunday <laughs> toppings. There's a, uh, on the, Deanna Troy has a drink called Deanna Troy's Chocolate Obsession as well. Chocolate mm. drinks are gross. Uh, I, just, I just noticed one that I the also. The 99 cent store had a giant wall of like chocolate wine for a while. Mm, I'm not quite into that. Uh, there's yeah, a, drink, a drink I would order that I didn't see before, the Riker Rita. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> what do we got in there? Uh, well, it's Commander William Riker's number one drink of at Quarks. Uh, be the first officer at your table to order this taste sensation. No Made problem there. Souza Commemorativo. Commemorative, con not commemorative. It's not a resolution that's very good on this menu. Uh, there's just a bunch <laughs> Again, of stuff. Sour high mix. Resolution. You can melon also Why do they think melon is a big flavor in Star Trek? Yeah. I think that was just the time, right? What's that? That's one? a 90s thing. Not that's a Trek 90, thing. What's that? Um, what is that famous melon liqueur called? Mm, I don't know. <sighs> I feel like I heard a lot of people, it's like that was their first to like. Um, it's called Vomit in a Bottle. <laughs> uh, yeah. I Take think that melon Midori, Midori, Midori oh, sour yeah, 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 was a yeah. lot of people's first. Of course, because uh, it's like candy. Yeah. Oh. All right. Well, so, if you're trying to trick someone into drinking, then yeah, that's the way to Midori is mm -hmm. the way to go. Uh, what a world of wonder! So much to so do great. from realizing you're in a group with Picard's ancestor to facing the Borg themselves is that right to well they are they all could refer to themselves as one we are borg hmm. so how what would it be oh it's uh, like a rat king yeah kind of yeah to, to seeing the borg to mm. uh eating uh eating a corn dog that's called some that's called jumja for no reason mm -hmm. there's you could do everything there uh, and what a bummer. Tragedy. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. A stupid Neonopolis for, for giving false hope to Cedar Fair. 
And I don't think we're going to even like, there's rumors of universe. I don't, I, right now it doesn't seem like we're getting a Star Trek land at the fantastic worlds part. No, I don't seem think like so. Does it seem too late? Like if they'd been on the more, more on the ball, it, was, well, it all... was rumored that it was going to replace Terminator. But as Matt Rogers said, uh, it's going to be born. It's going to be yeah, Jason Bourne. I'm, I'm skeptical that that's even happening now. But we broke that story. My feeling you know? is like if stuff, if, if I feel like the buzz has died down, I feel like generally it's, I'm skeptical it's going to happen. Right now, we're hearing a lot of Tomorrowland rumors. So if I feel like if this buzz sustains to D23, we got something. Mm -hmm. But if this dies down and we don't hear anything about it for a year and a half, then I think they're back to not I mean, yeah, it seems like Fantastic uh, Worlds is what? How to Train Your Dragon, uh, Universal Monsters, Uh, Nintendo, and and Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. Yeah, Bullworth. um, uh, The Bullworth uh, uh, Smallfoot. But I think even if I'm sure they could do a very cool Star Trek ride and like I, there's some concept art and things on like the Starfleet Academy land area. But I don't know. I don't think it's going to have the charm that this seems to have. Yeah. This has the junky charm of Star Trek that I love. And I think if they do something, it'll be like almost too big budget. It'll almost be too. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. It could it could be very great. But. Like, I don't think they'll be like, well, we should make it look like that junky looking syndicated show that people love from the 90s. It's going to look like a sleek JJ movie. Yeah. Hmm. But if you like junky charm, head over, watch this transition, head over to the second gate next Hmm. week. Uh, when we'll have some more Star Trek stuff mm-hmm. uh, yeah. to talk about in uh, the theme park world, mm-hmm. that a junkie is the correct word to use to describe some Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. Oh. The operative word, it's, yeah, you're watching weird live Star Trek TV broadcasts and early weird blue screen. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, and uh, ice skating. Oh, see, I don't. Uh, so oh, even we'll I don't know what's that. happening here. Uh, yeah. So we'll we'll get into all of that. Oh boy. Patreon.com slash podcast the ride. Yes, mm-hmm. head there right now. I'm so excited. I need to calm down. With I wish I had a sacred chalice of Ricks in front of me, um, but I but I don't. But if you have uh, head head over there, more Star Trek at the Patreon. You survive podcast the ride. Uh, what else? Check us out on Twitter, on Instagram. Email us at podcastredgmail.com. And may the force be with you. <laughs> What's the sign off of Star Trek? Well, live long and prosper, ah, of course. That's right. Oh, God. The, can you do it? Can we all do it? Uh, no. Yeah, I used to. No, I can't. Okay. Did you all can? You can a little, yeah. I can do it both hands. No, my two of mine are uh, don't attach whatsoever. I took a class in the nineties. To you took a class <laughs> to, make, to learn how to do it. Just kidding. I, um, I, yeah, as far as I knew. Um, all right, good fingers, guys. Thank you. Um, also, Thank you. Uh, Catch uh, our fingers on the next Patreon. Yeah, yeah take your fingers and pile it to the to the Patreon. All right, make it so. <laughs> yeah, that's one. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Mike Carlson, Jason Sheridan, Scott Gardner, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Engineered and mastered by Alex Sarche. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.